calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. If you want legendary service, if you, you want, want sweeter discounts, save by bundling auto and home with insurance. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special Oscars, live Oscars, nominations, reaction video here from the Geek Buddies. <laughs> hey. Hey. That's right. It's, it's morning, early. It's early. Where's the coffee? Where's the coffee? Oh. Oscars, Oscar, Oscars. All right. We are here to talk about the nominations from that that were announced this morning at like five in the morning 5 30 in the morning there a lot of fun hearing the nominations being announced uh seeing some of the mangling of the names but also some of the interesting nominees that were uh put forth and we're going to talk about it all here uh we introduce ourselves i am the outlaw john roker writer producer and host here on the Geek Buddies in the Outlaw Nation Mike I am Michael Hogel writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies Shannon and this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Silicon Valley, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., 
and the Goldbergs. <laughs> and we're all avid film fans. All three of us have had numerous conversations about movies over the years. That's kind of how we came together as friends and kind of how we've we've kept going and discussing and talking about these kinds of things. And yes, we're not just nerdy, geeky guys. We also get into the Oscars, watch the Oscars. We've had numerous Oscar watch parties at Michael Vogel's house. So it's been a fun thing to consider. I make a mean charcuterie. You come over and get that charcuterie. That's right. We've had we've had ballots. We've had arguments. We've had battles. We've had debates. It's been a fun time. And before we jump into all the nominations here, just want to give a big shout out to our sponsor here, Carbon Health. Carbon Health has been fantastic in sponsoring us over the last few months, continuing their sponsorship here of every show we do on the Geek Buddies and especially the Outlaw Nation itself. So thank you to Carbon Health. They are a leading national health care provider. They've got 90 clinics in 14 states and virtual care in 24 states. You can go to www.carbonhealth.com and see if they've got a place near you. And if some of you are reacting to these awards and having heart attacks or having issues or having anger, maybe your blood pressure is getting high, Go to CarbonHealth.com, get it checked out for sure. And I'm sure there are a number of uh, people who were not nominated who might want to look at Carbon Health. I'm looking at you there, Lady Gaga and Jared Leto. But we will get to a lot of things as we get into these uh, nominations. And, of course, the Streamlabs and Super Chats are open. 85 of you are already watching us now. Please remember to hit a like on this video as we get going. Let's first, let's, let's get a real quick overall view. Uh, Michael. How do you feel about the nominations overall as you looked at them this morning, as you heard them being announced? Overall, how do you feel going into this nominate, going into this Oscars coming up here in a few short weeks? Overall, it, it feels expected in a not bad way. Like, okay. I think that, you know, a lot of years, particularly recently, you know, especially last year, it felt like the nominations felt very Oscar-y, but like it was movies not a lot of people had seen. And like, right. it was just very sort of, Ugh, I guess. Uh, and this year, even though obviously there's some big popular movies that I'm sure we will touch on that did get a little snub, those aren't surprising that they got snubbed. They are the types of movies that always get snubbed. And when you look at the movies that did get nominated, like this is a more well-rounded group of movies, but they all feel like Oscar movies. I was just talking about this with somebody in the car on the way to the gym this morning. I was like, this list seems like the list you would expect. I'm excited to watch the Oscars. I'm excited to spend the next month watching all the things that I haven't seen yet because yeah. I love my little Oscar cheat sheet to be like, here's the things I got to check out. Uh, and so it looked good. We'll talk about some of the snubs, but even the snubs that annoyed me weren't the most surprising of snubs. Okay. So it seemed like a well-rounded Academy Awards list for the year. <laughs> Fair enough. Shannon, your thoughts uh, here before we jump into uh, the nominees and the nominations. Yeah, nothing too surprising. Like there were some individual snubs. There's one in particular that I was I was shocked because I thought it was one of the best performances of the year. Um, but outside of that, I mean, for the most part, it was the movies that you. Uh, it was the a lot of the movies that had been talked about that had been nominated nominated already for BAFTAs, for SAG Awards, for Golden Globes. Um, the ones that have kind of been dominating the conversation for most of the awards season. So nothing too surprising. Um, it'll, this is going to be an interesting conversation because at least amongst the Best Picture nominees, Best Picture and Best Actress, there are quite a few that I haven't seen. There, there was okay. one that I, that I started and right. I just couldn't get through it. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll try to go back to it at one point because it seems like that's where the, 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 the easy money is in terms of betting. Right. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'm interested to hear what you guys think. Okay, yeah, and I would say overall, I, I think the I think there was a lot of things to like here, 
and there were a few things not to like. And is it too old to start a, to, is it too late to start an Oscar so old hashtag? I mean, we, I, I, so many new actresses and actors who were not even in, were not even close to getting nominated and some of the old guard that got nominated. And I don't know, I, I don't want to be ageist, but by the same token, I also want to be like, Hey, let's, let's open the doors a little bit more. We said we want to make these changes to be more diverse. The other side of it is it, it isn't just about letting women and people of color through the door. It's also about really recognizing younger actors and actresses who are getting a shot to do incredible work and get nominated for that rather than nominating Anthony Hopkins for the 75th time or Olivia Coleman for the 20th time or somebody else. Like It's just those kinds of things where I kind of feel like eh, maybe there's a little bit of uh, the old guard still hanging on a little bit. And this idea of you have to earn your stripes to get the Oscar nomination. And then on the other side, you've got people like Denis Villeneuve who can't seem to catch a break aside from one nomination in his entire career, yet in my opinion, has never made a bad movie. So it's just like, it's crazy how you look at all of this and uh, it's confounding, but also exciting and uh, fun to have conversations about because that's what it's really all about. Uh, right now we've got 138 of you joining us live. Thank you very much here this morning. Uh, real quick, Doug Joseph says it's almost Valentine's Day, so time to throw some love at the Geek Buddies. Thanks for Aww. all you do. Question, if you had to narrow the best picture down to five nominations this year, the old days, which five would each of you pick? This is a great question. First of all, thank you, Doug Joseph, for the incredible uh, donation here. But also, let's get into the best. That that leads us into the best picture uh, uh, nominees uh, conversation here. Let's bring them up on the screen. Here is the best picture nominees for this year. Belfast, of course, from director Kenneth Branagh. Coda, from that is on Apple TV+. Plus. So excited to see that. Don't Look Up, the very controversial film on Netflix. Drive My Car. Uh, Dune, uh, speaking of Denis Villeneuve. King Richard, which I'm very happy to see getting nominated here. Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power <laughs> of the Dog, and West Side Story. So an interesting mix here of some big films, some films that didn't perform at the box office, some smaller films, and some films from some old uh, uh, standards here in the uh, world of the Oscars. So, gentlemen, thoughts on these Best Picture nominees and what your feelings are about uh, uh, about what I guess about the nominees, and can we answer Doug Joseph's question as well after we finish our discussion here of uh, picking just five out of these ten? Uh, Mike, I'll start with you. Uh, reactions to these Best Picture nominees? What stood out to you? What are you excited about? And maybe what do you feel got left out? Um, I'm, I'm trying to take a look here. Like I, you know, like Shannon, I haven't seen all of them. So a lot of this is my educated guesses just based on talking to you guys, talking yeah. to other friends. Uh, but, uh, Belfast is one that I have not seen that I'm excited to see. Okay. Uh, Coda. Excellent. Don't look up. I still haven't watched yet, but a little bit surprised that it made it into the best picture nominees. Mm -hmm. Uh, drive my car have not seen, but excited to watch Dune pleasantly surprised that it made it into the nominations we'll get to the director issue in a minute yeah um but really glad that dune made it in i mean dune is a lot of movie and on any level whether you love the movie thought it was really long and boring thought you were confused by it it is absolutely a cinematic achievement mm -hmm. uh king richard i kind of think is one of the movies to beat uh licorice pizza i have not watched but every time john roca brings it up i cannot wait to watch it because I cannot wait to either feel the way John feels about it or feel the exact opposite and just argue with John about yeah, it sure, to sure. no end. Uh, Nightmare Alley, another surprise uh, yeah. that it is that it, it is in the list. Um, Power of the Dog, no surprise at all. 
we can talk about that movie in more detail in a minute. And West Side Story, I'm really happy. I assumed West Side Story was going to make it into the mix, but yeah. uh, West Side Story, I, I feel like it's a tragedy that it had the box office that it had. I feel so strongly about that movie being so powerful and amazing. Mm -hmm. I feel like I got the Steven Spielberg of my childhood back for one more movie. Uh, I just thought that movie was so spectacular on every conceivable level. Mm -hmm. Probably my top movie of the year. Uh, wow. Or one of, well, yeah. let me rephrase. As far as what I would what I would like to win the Academy Award, right. I think that is an Academy Award winning movie. I don't know that it okay. beats Spider Man No Way Home or some other things for me, but but like even in the Dune versus West Side Story category, I would go West Side Story. Like West Side Story to me was a cinematic moment of me having an emotional trauma in a movie theater, and my friends had to hold me, and I loved it. Um, <laughs> to answer Doug's question again, without seeing all of these movies, so this isn't necessarily what. I would like my five to be, but okay. in looking at this list and some of the surprises, I think that if you were going to narrow this down to five, it would go Belfast, Dune, King Richard, Power of the Dog, West Side Story. Okay. All right. Uh, Shannon, uh, thoughts on the overall nominations? Which one stood out to you? And do you have any snubs that you felt should have been nominated here? And uh, do you have a top five of these 10? Okay, so I will definitely say one of the snubs is the tragedy of Macbeth. Yes. Um, I thought that was such an interesting film that they they were able to truncate a very, very long text into a very easy to digest, what, hour and 45 minutes, hour and 50 yeah. minutes. Um, it was just so unique. And I thought the performances were, were stellar. And, you know, that's evidenced by Denzel Washington's uh, best, uh, best Actor nomination. Mm -hmm. um, looking at the list, I think Vogel and I, our lists are very, very similar. Um, I have not seen Belfast. I've wanted to see it for a while. Just, it, you know, my, my screener hasn't gotten here and I missed it when it was in the theaters. Coda has been my number one movie of the year since I watched it. Yeah. So Coda is absolutely, absolutely deserves that nomination. Don't look up. Kind of a surprise, but I saw it and I really enjoyed it. Drive My Car, I have not seen. Dune, I am I am not on that train. I mean, I, you know, when we watched it in the theaters, I'm like, I can recognize this for the achievement that it is, but it yeah. is a bit inaccessible for folks that maybe don't know the books that well. So that is kind of, but also I think that's a, that's a Denny Villeneuve thing. Yeah. Um, that he, he, there is a distance with him. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, what was the the Emily Blunt movie? Uh, Sicario. Yeah, that, that is my favorite Denny Villeneuve movie. I mean, yeah. I thought that movie was spectacular and and uh, uh, just a crime that it did not get it did not get nominated, nor did he get nominated that year. I don't think he's ever hit that Sicario level since. But wow. um, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I know. You I don't think Arrival the, uh, was better than Sicario. You thought Sicario? Wow. No, okay. No. no. Oh, I, I think, think Arrival. Sicar I think Arrival is my number one. Arrival is my number one Denny movie. It's, okay. it's definitely Sicario for me. Um, mm -hmm. It was just such a just such a tense story. It was just fantastic. Yeah. Um, King Richard, Coda is number one. King Richard is number two. And wow. I I really hope that this is. I mean, we're not onto that category yet, but I really hope this is Will Smith's year. Licorice Pizza, my goodness. Um, so I I witnessed uh, uh, the vitriol from from John. Um, <laughs> On online and over the phone in regards to this movie. And I went and saw it because I had some time to kill one day. I was like, eh, this is the long movie. I'll go see it. Yeah. Um, I have never been a PTA guy. Um, and this just further demonstrates, like, as I was watching it, I mean, 
I I thought John was maybe overreacting a little sure, bit until sure. I saw the movie. I'm like, nope. <laughs> he, not only is he right um, with with sort of the more cringy cringy aspects of it, yeah. but I'm also like, what is this about? Mm-hmm. Like, I, this kid's an actor and suddenly selling water beds. Like, what is going on? <laughs> and I, I want to say I was maybe 75 percent of the way through the movie, and I was like, I don't care. And yeah. I, I left. And I never, I never leave movies. Um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do I, anymore. <laughs> my desire to watch this movie and love it is so high. I don't think I will. I kind of have a feeling I'm going to agree with you both. But yeah. my desire to watch this movie and be like, y'all are, y'all are crazy. Best picture, best picture. Uh, now you're going to go I, in half wanting to say that. Yep. So yeah, I, I think Vogel just to spite us yeah. is going to oh, have totally. a. Con- have a contrarian point of view about yeah. this um <laughs> nightmare alley um you know it's on hulu right now i mean yeah. that's one that's one of those films that yeah, i might check I that out later had, today i think had it been had more people that i known that i know um really kind of uh saying its praises i probably would have gotten to it sooner but for the most part i don't know a lot of people who have seen it like yeah. uh, folks whose opinions i generally trust it just kind of came and went so the fact that it got nominated that does that does say something Power the Dog, that's another one. Like, I started it, and I got about 20 minutes in. I'm like, I, and I didn't necessarily think that, like, this is bad, but I'm like, yeah. I, I can't watch this right now. Like, I'm not I'm not in the headspace to take in this movie. Um, it's West Side Story, uh, not a surprise, um, well-deserved. Mm-hmm. But for the five, I would definitely go... And I'm and I'm doing a little bit of reading the tea leaves. Um, for yeah. me, it would be Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, King Richard, and probably West Side Story. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let me bring it up again because you guys have been talking so long. I forgot who was nominated here. I, I would say <laughs> this. I, I, here's what I'll say: a Belfast, I, I thoroughly loved. Of the three of us, I've seen it. I absolutely loved him. I think it's a fantastic love letter to growing up, coming of age at a certain time, in a certain place, and in a certain area where a lot of drama was going on. And uh, Brana made it touch on what was happening in our world now, the divisions in our world, the tribalism in our world. Coda, absolutely gorgeous, beautiful film. More than just a film about someone following their dreams. There's so much going on here. Plus, the deaf versus listening aspect is done so well. Don't look up. Whew, that was an interesting film. I, that's all I'll leave it at that. Uh, Drive My Car, I've not seen yet. I will get around to that one. Dune, thoroughly loved. Great to see it here. Nominated King Richard. Very surprised they nominated this one. This is such a populist sports film, so I was very surprised by that. Yes, I would kick King Richard, or sorry, Licorice Pizza, right off the <laughs> list here. Nightmare Alley I might kick out as well. I didn't love it as much as other people did. Even the black and white version, which is the one I saw in the theaters, Power of the Dog is something. It's an experience for sure. And then West Side Story. I think West Side Story is my number one. West Side Story is my absolute number one film of the year so far. Vakoda is a close second, and I enjoyed both of those films. So if I was going to choose out of those five, I'd I'd have to say Coda, uh, King Richard, West Side Story. Yeah, Belfast and... uh... Dune, I guess those would be my five out of those, uh, to be honest with you. Those would be my five right there looking at it. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I do think the power of the dog is an interesting one because it is it is a slow. I mean, a slow burn is being um, 
kind. generous. Yeah, like it is. It is. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't even say kind because I like like kind of to Shannon's point. It's not a movie that you watch and you go, "This is bad." Right. Like right, right. you're watching. All of these performances are great. It's a beautifully shot movie, but it is very slow. It yes. is. You're just watching these scenes sort of unfold. And the but the thing that's crazy and the reason that it is nominated is you watch this movie and you kind of think you have a sense of who these characters are. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I get what this is. Mm-hmm. You kind of do a lot of, okay, I get it, I get it, I get what this is. Then you get to the end of the movie, and I'm talking like the last 10 minutes of the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. And everything gets flipped around, and everything you thought about, all the assumptions you made about almost every character and who you're sympathizing with and who you're not sympathizing with and what's going on is all sort of challenged in a really interesting way. And so it's one of those movies where, for the entire movie, I was watching it, and similar to Shannon, I was like, all right, like these performances are good, this is a beautiful movie, but yeah. boy, this is slow. And then I got to the end of the movie, and I was like, wait, the fuck? What? And I like, had to run back. I had to run, and I've read, I've read a lot of reviews with it. This is the people's reaction, so it's not just me. But like, you go back, and you're like, okay, wait a minute. And it almost, I, I shit you not, makes you want to go back and rewatch the whole movie and be like, wait, I got to pay more attention to this. So it, it, it's, I, there's a reason that it is on the list. It is absolutely, as everybody who's listening to this, if you're going to like go through like we are, and you're going to watch yeah. the movies you haven't seen, you will watch Power of the Dog, and 20 minutes in, you're going to pull the Shannon McClung. You're going to be like, oh, I encourage you to stick with it because I do think it is one of those movies that, taken as a whole, yeah. gives you a lot to think about. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Snubs, I, I would agree with uh, with uh, Tragedy of Macbeth. I think that was a, I'm going to throw something out. I think House of Gucci was fantastic. I don't know why. <laughs> you are, is, you are in the minority, sir. Yeah, I know. But there is nothing in House of Gucci that I don't see in Nightmare Alley. Like, it's just a hey! two things. Like, yeah, they're doing the thing. But it's a it's an unusual, interesting, funny approach to this story. I don't know why people were so like, oh, you know, and so we, why is Jared Leto doing this? Some people had such a crazy reaction to Jared Leto. And then by this other side, they really love what other actors have done playing their playing the weird kind of like the same people who hate Jared Leto are the same people who love John Malkovich in the rounders. You in rounders, you gotta make up your mind for God's sake. Both of those things well, okay. saying, those are Rounders, both, the, the love of Malkovich. Terrible both ways is what I'm saying. The love yeah. of Malkovich and Rounders is very like, this is so dumb. I love it. Okay. I don't, and I don't think Malkovich was up for best supporting for, for, for Teddy KGB. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. That's probably, ahead. probably like some people will get mad. Like, okay. you know, like when you were a theater major, there was that dude in the theater school who gave no shits and everything he did was amazing. Like yeah. he could get up, he would get up on stage and he would be like, I'm gonna do a 10 minute monologue as a silent clown. And you were like, this guy's fucking great. He could do anything. And then there was that other guy who wanted so badly to be the guy that didn't give a fuck, but clearly gave every fuck and was constantly like, hey guys, look what I can do, I'm cool too. Yes. Like Jared Leto always strikes me as, Hey guys, look, I'm like, I'm the deal. But you're like, but he, every time it's like, we dude, we get it. We get it. And like Malkovich is the guy that walks in and like spits on the stage and looks at everybody and says, that's right. And walks yeah. off and you're like. I dare you to challenge Le- what I just did. Yeah. And Leto's in the corner being like, why can't I do shit like that? <laughs> Now, I don't 100% agree with my friend's analysis here, but I understand his point of view 
overall. But yeah, anyway, let's keep going. We got a bunch of categories to get to here as we go along. Oh, real quick, got some a stream a super chats that have come in here. Chris Miner says, Clipper the bin rag dog is a huge snub. Kidding, of course. But irk that D- uh, Denis Villeneuve got snubbed for director again and Rachel Zegler for actress. Yep, Coda yep. deserves every nomination. A thousand percent I, agree with those sentiments, Chris. Go ahead, Mike. I have a problem with... Wait, let me just well maybe we could jump to director because like okay. I yeah like I not- obviously obviously with ten nominees uh, for film and yeah. five nominees for director there's going to be five movies where the director didn't get nominated but it is always a fascinating thing to me where you're just like well if you made one of the best movies of the year right it stands to reasons I don't know. The Denny thing, the De- of all, look, we're going to, and we'll get into this with Spider-Man, the yeah. genre issue that the Academy Awards has and always has, which is yeah. here's the movie that everybody in the world went to see and everybody loves, and it's a giant special effects bonanza that has spaceships and or dragons and or superheroes in it, and the Academy is like, that's not a real movie. <laughs> like, I'm glad that Dune made the cut. I'm glad yeah. that some of these movies are breaking through, but there still is just this barrier that, oh, well, these directors directed important films and Denny direct- directed a space film. And like, that is always, it always, I think that's why the Denny one, in addition to just the achievement of what Dune is, just sticks yeah. in all of our craws a little bit. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe the, maybe that's the hashtag. Oscar's so self-important. Maybe that's the hashtag you want to mess around with because it's true. You're I mean, right. They, they do kind of play with that a little bit too Oscar much. So, the hashtag Oscar's so self-important and the, the Oscar is so white, it's basically saying the same thing. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, let's just be real. <laughs> uh, Amelia, uh, Ovidius1979 says, I think Amelia Jones should have been nominated for Best Actress in CODA. Agreed. Yes, absolutely. We're going to get to Best Actor, Best Actress here in just a second. Let's let's swing over to Best Director. And ladies and gentlemen, I put the Streamlabs address there in the chat. I just, I just pinned it there. It's right there above the screen, above Mike's head and Shannon's head there. It's also in the description of this video. So send in some donations. Send in your super chats. We'll get to them as you see. Let's get to Best Director here. Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. <sighs> Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Ryosuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. This marks Steven Spielberg has appeared. What, what do they say? This is he's been nominated uh, six or seven times. It's pretty incredible to have seen how many decades Steven Spielberg has been nominated for a best director, director, actor, Oscar. Considering he started out with a, with a couple of, uh, of nominations in 1978 for Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I think it was Indiana or E.T. And then nothing until Schindler's List. And then he's been on a run ever since. So pretty incredible to see Spielberg nominated. Did he get nom- not, 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 did he not get nominated for the color purple? Nope. He nope. didn't get nominated. Oh. I looked it up this morning because I was trying to compare him with Denis Villeneuve, who has only been nominated once. And I just don't understand the bias towards him. Like I didn't understand the bias when I was when I was alive in the 1980s against Steven Spielberg. So I just didn't understand it at all. But I mean, I, I look let me go here first. I I I like this. I like Kenneth Branagh. Jane Campion as a female director getting a second nomination. I think it's the first time a female has gotten a second nomination as a director. Ryusuke Hamaguchi, great to see some international talent being highlighted here. Steven Spielberg, as I said, Kenneth Branagh, Paul Thomas Anderson. I, you know, I, I just the film is so I just can't even with that film. So when you're telling me that Denis Villeneuve can't get nominated for, if you're going to tell me that Paul Thomas Anderson did better in licorice pizza with his direction than Denis Villeneuve did in Dune. You got to get the fuck out of the room. I don't understand that logic at all. Gentlemen, you talk to me about the director for Coda didn't get nominated. And that is a way better film 
than Licorice Pizza. So what do you two think of these directors and the snub here for Denis Villeneuve? Shannon, I'll go to you first. I mean, and I would throw in Joel Cohen as well, because again, I can't, I can't uh, uh, undersell yeah. my love for Tragedy Macbeth. German expressionism um, in 2021, 2022. That is so difficult to pull off. Anyway, sorry. That was like watching a, a James Whale monster movie, almost. Yeah. I mean, it was just so well done. The 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 what what he did with the interpretation of, of the uh, the weird sisters, the witches. I, I, I thought it was I thought it was awesome. And you know what? As much as I was not a big fan of Dune, I could sit there and watch it and be like, "This is a monumental achievement." Yeah. Um. You know, you look at the size of you know the tome that it's based on. And to see to see it up on screen, even though I did not connect with it, yeah. I could I, I could understand like I get why I get why people are losing their minds over this movie. I mean, this is and, and I'm excited to see the sequel. Even as the first one ended, I was kind of like, meh, okay. I want to see where it goes though. I mean, the right. how they closed the film, I thought, like, yeah, I can't wait to see how this how this works itself out. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm with you, John, Paul Thomas Anderson. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I would go back and retroactively take away all of his I just don't I just don't like his movie. I'm a big PTA guy. Let me say that right off the bat. I love this is why this <laughs> I even I defended Phantom Thread to everybody. Oh. I, I loved Phantom Thread. I saw it three oh. times. I enjoyed the <laughs> shit out of Phantom Thread. But this one was just it, it felt like the afterbirth of Boogie Nights licorice pizza. It felt like this is what he one of the one of the uh, snow clones that was still in the thing, you know, and people just fall Phantom, over. Phantom Thread was like watching, oh, we're about to turn this really mysterious and interesting corner, and the hallway just keeps getting longer. <laughs> I just oh my gosh, that movie, I guess it's it. like the end of a workout, <laughs> they keep telling you the workout's gonna end and it never ends. Uh Michael, talk to me. <laughs> what do you think about these nominees? And who do you what do you think about Villeneuve snubs, as you alluded to here just a few minutes ago? Yeah, I mean, look, it is tough because you, you look at the list, and I, having not seen Licorice Pizza, given my opinion of other Paul Thomas Anderson films, I, as much as I want to just come in and be contrary for contrary's sake, I do think probably all when I get to the end of the day, I'll be mad that Denny Villeneuve is not taking that slot. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh, I'm very excited to watch Belfast. I think Kenneth Branagh is an amazing director. As I said with The Power of the Dog, aside from it being slow, for sure, it is gorgeous. And Jane yeah. Campion just sticks that landing so hard. Uh, Ryosuke Hamaguchi, I'm very excited to see Drive My Car, and I'm also excited that the Oscar director category has opened up into the foreign film category, that we don't, it's not just the, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I think that, I think that like, that there's the, the broader, the bro the more broad and representative the director category is, is for the benefit of, of course. all of us. Absolutely. Um, Steven Spielberg is probably, my, like, I'm a little bit torn because on the one hand, Steven Spielberg, to John's point, does at this point represent the old guard. Like when mm -hmm. he was the ET guy back in the 80s, he was the new hotshot young director. Sure. Steven Spielberg is Hollywood. So Steven Spielberg, one of the most celebrated directors of cinema, period, directing a remake of one of the most celebrated musicals of all time, period, definitely <laughs> is like that's old school Oscars. So a part of me is like, you know, hopefully this goes to somebody else, but also. Steven Spielberg directing West Side Story really was my pick for the year. So I, I'll be interested to see how that goes. As far as it anything, like, look, Dune might not be your cup of tea. Dune might be your favorite movie of the year. It doesn't matter. When you look at what Denny Villeneuve has done, 
um, whether that be Arrival, whether that be Blade Runner, like the dude is the definition of a visionary director. Yeah, like, absolutely. He is directing movies on a scale and scope unlike what most other people, even people who are making sci-fi fantasy superhero movies, they're not touching what he is doing on just the scope, the scale, the yeah. vision he has, the way he sees the world. You can look at color. You can look at uh, art di- art direction, art design, the cinematography. You can be like, this is a Denny Villeneuve movie. Yeah. And so to me, it's not even just the Dune of it all. It's like this dude deserves to be a top contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that that's that I do think he does belong in the best director category, especially when you look at when you look at the five who made it in and the five who didn't, when you look at the ten films, it's like, yeah, yeah dude, he, he deserves his his uh his his top slot for sure. Yeah, I agree. And listen, he broke the record. He is the first director to be nominated in six six different decades. That's incredible. You talk about old guard, but it isn't like he's lost a step. West Side Story, you could argue, is maybe one of the most well-directed films he's had in 30 years, to be oh, honest. I would agree I, with that. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I, I mean, I came and I still feel this way. It was a yeah. little bit hyperbole when it came out, but, like, I think that the Spielberg that we got in West Side Story, yeah. we haven't gotten since the one-two punch of Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. Wow. Like, I, well, yeah. like there, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying Fair that point. he hasn't, yeah. I'm not saying he hasn't directed good movies. Spielberg yeah. is an amazing director. So you take any movie he's done between Jurassic Park and Schindler's List to now, and you're going to have a well-directed, solid movie. There's yeah. Catch Me If You Can. There's a lot of great stuff in there. But to me, the wonder of those two movies, yeah. uh, I'm like, yeah, this is this to me sitting in West Side Story. I felt like that. Well, no, let's real quick before we move on to the next category. Tick, tick, boom. Not nominated for best picture. Not nominated for best director for Lin Manuel Miranda. I mean, is this a bit of a surprise? Why isn't the 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 uh, drum beat louder on the snub side of things and all these websites? I hardly see tick, tick, boom being mentioned. Was this just a theater kid movie that no one else got? It may have. I love Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah, a lot of people I, I thought Tick, Tick, Boom was an amazing achievement. I think there's a couple of reasons. One, okay. Lin-Manuel Moret, like this was his first outing as a director. And and by the way, I don't mean that. And I don't mean that in any kind of negative way to I him. I know, I know. What he did in that movie, the directing he did was absolutely spectacular. Yeah. But on the one hand, you could say, all right, well, he did amazing. It was his first outing as a director and he's got many more things to go. The other challenge with Lin-Manuel Miranda is it's not like the dude is lacking for accolades. Yeah, Like, I think that there is a level of, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda star has been rising, and it keeps rising. Like, the dude deserves every bit of credit that he gets, but, like, at a certain point, you're just like, all right, okay, so, yes, Lin-Manuel Miranda did yet another. He's suffering from his own success, if that makes sense. It's like, all right, Lin-Manuel Miranda did another fucking amazing thing in the musical world. Yeah. Yeah. Surprising no one. Fair point. But I mean, we look at the nominees, it's four white people and an Asian person. You know, there, there was room for uh, other people to be in here. Lin-Manuel Miranda would have been a nice nod to the Latino community and a well-deserved nomination. It isn't just a fucking token nomination. It would have been a well-deserved nomination. Aside said, from- there's nothing PTA did. That I would argue Lin-Manuel Miranda didn't do better in Tick, Tick, Boom. So here's my question to you, though. Yeah. Uh, 
you given your opinion of the other directors in the best director category, yeah. you clearly have one slot that you have open. Is that a Lin Manuel Miranda slot or is that a Denny Villeneuve slot? Here's my here's my I would move PTA out. Oh, that's a good question, Mike. I don't think I can answer that. I don't think I can answer that because I don't want to move <laughs> Gambian out. But I, I mean, know, it didn't resonate with me the way it resonated with other people. So, and I like the nominee for Belfast because I think more of these coming of age films need to be highlighted and focused, especially when they're so well done by as Brana did in that movie. I mean, it is. Yeah. I can't wait for you to watch it. It's such a fucking incredible movie. I'm curious to see other people like I I'm I mean we're all biased we all yeah, fucking yeah. met at a theater school but uh I'm I'm per like I mean I was such a rent kid yeah who loved oh. rent so much yeah who made John Roca go see rent and then I'm a huge Lin-Manuel Miranda fan and I already knew this the music from Tick Tick Boom because when I was a rent kid I went and listened to Tick Tick Boom and so this movie was literally like made for me like it was like tick tick boom was like give it to me on a platter and i thought that lin-manuel miranda nailed it and i think the way he chose to direct it i think the way he hopped back and forth from the stage performance that andrew garfield is doing into the life that he was living i think they did such an amazing job the musical numbers were so imaginative and amazingly well thought out like i absolutely think tick tick boom is one of the best pictures of the year so particularly in the top 10 films yeah i think it's sort of like a, once I get through watching all of them, there will be another like, all right, I would have dumped these three and put tick, tick, boom, but, 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 you know what I mean? Like, I think there's movies that I would slot in there for sure. Yeah. So we move that, we move that one out. I agree with you. All right, let's move on to best actor or sorry, best actress, Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman for the lost daughter, Penelope Cruz for parallel mothers, Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos, Kristen Stewart for Spencer. Once again, four white women and one Latina actress here, one person of color here. When there was an opportunity for Rachel Zegler to slide in here, there was an opportunity to, to move some of the old guard, one of the old guard in and move in Amelia Jones for what she did in uh, in CODA. So there's a number of snubs. Even Ruth Nega in passing, certainly there were some snubs here uh, uh, when you look at this best actress category. Michael, uh, what do you think about this category? Again, as it's listed here, Chastain, Coleman, Penelope Cruz, Nicole Kidman, Kristen <laughs> I'm shocked Rachel Ziegler's not nominated. Yes. Like, frankly, frankly, like, I'm like, particularly looking at this list, and every one of these women is an amazing actress, uh, mostly. Uh, and I think that um, it is absolutely shocking to me when you look at what Rachel Ziegler did in West Side Story that she did not make the cut into here. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't quite know who I would cut. Kristen Stewart, Spencer, not the best movie, really good performance. Uh, Penelope Cruz, I did not see Parallel Mothers. Olivia yeah. Coleman is truly one of, like, Olivia Coleman could read the phone book and she'll probably get an Oscar nomination. The woman yeah. is legitimately amazing. Uh, and Jessica Chastain, what she does in the eyes of Tammy Faye is bonkers. Like, mm-hmm. it is, and then Nicole Kidman, Everybody in the world, including you two, was like, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. And Nicole Kidman just destroys that performance. Mm -hmm. She really is amazing. Like, it is is really a sight to behold. (laughs) I think. Um, I don't know. I I, I think that this category is definitely anybody's game. I don't know who the front runner is here. Uh, I think the Rachel Ziegler snub is really, really apparent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this 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 is one of those years. Like this this actress category in the Oscar pool. This is like, yeah. Put on a blindfold and throw a dart. 
Sorry, sorry, clarify. Ruth Nego was for supporting. I apologize for that. But you could throw in Lady Gaga. I mean, Gaga, I thought was a massive snub here. I loved her you. in 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 House of Gucci. She was fantastic. House of Roca. I the House her. of Roca. I mean, basically, I liked her better than I did in Star is Born. I thought she did better in this film than a Star is Born. So I was surprised by that snubbed as well. Uh snub as well. Uh Shannon, go ahead. So this is the one category that I've only seen one of the movies. I've yeah. only seen being the Ricardos. And prior to watching it, you know, as I as I said many times, I'm like, I feel like Nicole Kidman is playing dress up right now. Right. And oh, wow. watching the film, um, I stand by it. I mean, it's an amazing performance that she's completely miscasted. That that is my that is my oh, opinion. I think the idea up. that you hey, be, hey, you hey, better, hey, you better hey, stay hey, out of hey, AMC hey, movie theaters. Hey, 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 hey. She can't. She's not climbing off that screen to get me. And even if she could, she's walking very slow. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, I just I, I thought I thought it was a great performance, and she was she was miscast. I mean, the idea yeah. that Kate Blanchett was originally supposed to play the role is like, yep, that yeah. one. Um, in terms of the other the other performances, I mean, yes, I thought Rachel Zegler was was really really impressive. Her that that you know her last sort of speech at the end, um, which you know Tony Kushner you know oh. did did his take on, and mm. it really serviced the performance. I mean, it was it was really really spectacular. Like I don't necessarily want to say kick one of these other actresses off, maybe Nicole Kidman, um, just because I haven't seen the performances. Mm. Um, but yes, I I think Rachel Zegler is a very um, very very noticeable absence from this list from what i've heard yeah. i think this is supposed to be jessica chastain's to lose but i don't i think again, it is i, I mean it. i think no, if, I, I, if i had to guess i'd say maybe she's is the one it's it's the most um yeah her and nicole kidman have the most uh i'd say showy performances if okay. that makes sense like like those are like roles like like playing lucille ball and playing tammy faye are like hey guys I'm acting for the rafters, whereas right. the other performances are a bit more like I'm I'm really grounded and real. Yeah. These are like, and not that they aren't grounded and real, but like these are definitely like I am. This is a showcase for me, and yeah. so it really does break down to what you think of Nicole Kidman's showcase versus Jessica Chastain's showcase. Yeah. Uh, if that's the direction you're going to go for for how you vote. For me, for me, it's Nicole Kidman's to lose. She's been winning the awards ba uh, throughout this whole. Uh, campaign Kristen Stewart was a big surprise because she had been nominated not even by SAG her own peers did nominate her for best actress <laughs> so that's a strong <laughs> statement ladies and gentlemen so I was really surprised to see her nominated here I see a, I saw a lot of critics a lot of writer, writers grousing for her campaigning for her but that film was oh my god it was an emo kid making a student film with a very self-affected performance I did not buy it at all. I didn't like her in the movie at all. But I just don't like Pablo's approach to film. Like Jackie, I didn't like Jackie either. And everyone's going crazy about Nicole, about uh, Natalie Portman in that film as Jackie Onassis. She was as far away from Jackie Onassis as I am from the lead in Reacher, for God's sakes. I don't look nothing like that guy. She looked nothing like Jackie. And there was nothing there that was evoking that spirit at all. Let me just put that out on the table. That's how I feel about it. But but I get it. But the but the critics were like loving her. So her nomination was a bit of a surprise. But I would move Jessica Chastain out there because out of there because it just was too big of a performance, too crazy of a performance. And if you're going to complain about Jared Leto, but you're okay with with Jessica Chastain, I've got to hear your arguments. I've got to understand how one caricature is better than another caricature uh, in a way. So I mean, it's not that she didn't bring life to the character. She did. Obviously, you could see that. You could sense that. 
throughout the movie, but the movie itself was not that good. And she, and she did what she could, but you know, I just, I, it, it wasn't for me. So Zegler should be in here. I would move Kristen Stewart out. Even I would move Zegler in here. I would meet, move Amelia Jones in here immediately to, to do this. And, and, and Penelope Cruz, again, I'll say that I tweeted this. If you haven't seen parallel mothers, it is one of the best Almodovar films in years, in years. And she's incredible telling a micro story about her and a friend of hers, or, or a, I guess a friend she's known, having a baby each separately and what happens with that and how it connects up to the history of how Spain has treated people and how Francisco Franco treated people and how he killed all these people and then unearthing these graves, unearthing secrets. It's so fantastic. Please go see it. And if you can read sub, if you're okay reading subtitles, for God's sakes. Uh, also, thank you, Soul, for correcting me. She is Hispanic, not Latina. I sometimes get that uh, confused in my head. So, you know, that's a respect. All right, let's move on here to Best Actor. Now we have Javier Bardem. Speaking of Penelope Cruz, this is other, her other half. Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos. Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog. Here we go. Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, one of the sole nominations for that movie. Will Smith for King Richard. Denzel Washington for Tragedy. Tragedy. Of Macbeth, Shannon. At least he got nominated for Tragedy of Macbeth. This feels like a two-person race, and ironically, two people of color. It feels like Will Smith's or Denzel's to lose. More likely, Will Smith's. What do you think about the nominees overall, and who do you think is going to win? And do you have any snubs? Um, I don't think. I, I think this list. I mean, predictable makes it sound like a negative, but I feel yeah. like th these these were the five that were going to get nominated. These were right. the five that had been talked about the most. I do think. If Tick, Tick, Boom had gotten a little more love on the best picture side, I think Andrew Garfield is right up there in that conversation with Denzel Washington and um, Will Smith. Yeah. Um, looking at the performances, basically what I said about Nicole Kidman with Javier Bardem, I completely take it back because leading up to it, I was just like, I just don't see it. Watching his performance, I thought he was he was amazing. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't know if... I don't know if there's a world where he, if they would have put him in best supporting, even though it's called being the Ricardos, yeah. if they would have put him in best supporting, if he would have had a better shot to win. Um, but I thought Javier Bardem was magnificent in being the Ricardos. Um, just mm -hmm. so, so effective. Uh, Cumberbatch, again, I haven't finished Power of the Dog. I will go back and finish watching that movie. I hear he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, of the five, I do think Denzel Washington's is the best performance. Okay. I but I hope Will Smith wins it. I mean, it's 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 an eyelash that Denzel Washington is ahead of Will Smith just because Denzel Washington, the text. I mean, it's yeah. it's the Shakespeare of it. Um, you know, it's 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 a challenging role, and he was he was fantastic. But I really hope that this is the year that Will Smith wins. I mean, he he there had there had been some some uh pushback when he didn't get nominated in the past. I know he didn't get nominated for concussion. People had an mm -hmm. issue with that, and I was like, no, he wasn't the right guy. Like. It was it was a fine performance that again he was miscast in like that should have been like David Oyelowo, um, but this from beginning to end with King Richard you are just one hundred percent on the ride with this guy and even though I do think that Denzel Washington had the more challenging role uh, I hope it's Will Smith's I couldn't disagree with you more I thought he was fantastic in concussion but I got I gave mm -hmm. one I see nobody would have gone to see it if it's David Oyelowo they tried they had That's to true. cast. To get That's people true. in the seats, and I think it was an important story to tell. So I'm glad the cast Will Smith. And if but I get, I take your criticism, Mike. Mike, any thoughts here? Okay, so what are your thoughts here? Rather on these nominations, who stands out? Uh, who was snubbed, and who do you think is going to win? Uh, I mean, look, I think when people are talking about snub, the one snub that comes up, which I agree with, but also I'm just like, uh, is Nicholas Cage and Pitt. damn right, damn right. Uh, <laughs> 
Make a snuff. Ni- Nicholas Cage's performance in Pig is a legitimately amazing performance in yeah. such a weird fucking movie. <laughs> like Pig Pig is not the type of thing that the Academy Award voters are going to be like, yes. But like you watch that movie and even if you get to the end of that movie and you're like, this is a fucking weird movie. You can't deny that Nicolas Cage ha- is committed like only Nicolas Cage can be to a yeah. role. Yeah. Uh, so I do think that's a snub. I, I think I'm the opposite of Shannon a little bit. I think Javier Bardem's performance in Being the Ricardos is absolutely fantastic. I think okay. he is, as always, an amazing actor. I don't think it's the shows the showcase that Nicole Kidman's is and okay. out of this category if I were to replace anybody and put Nicolas Cage in there he's the one I'd replace like wow. I think I think what he did is amazing in being the Ricardos but I think okay. he's been more amazing okay. I think Javier Bardem has had roles that really have featured what he can do and in being the Ricardos he was great mm-hmm. but I, especially when you look at these other four performances mm-hmm. I feel like his is the one that you're like yeah I mean he deserves that I guess but wow. um Denzel uh, is Denzel. Uh, Will Smith, absolutely amazing. Um, Andrew, look, I wouldn't count Andrew Garfield out only because dude is, well, he's having a moment. I mean, uh, first of all, getting nominated for act for best actor category in a musical is a a rarity. It, 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 It almost never happens, if at all. So the fact that he, his that his acting in addition to singing and everything else was at a level that he made the cut uh is actually really really impressive yeah benedict cumberbatch uh is absolutely amazing uh you know so much has been made of his uh uh very um method sure process on set to the point that I think people are kind of like annoyed by it, that I don't know if that's gonna like weigh into things. I do think this is probably Will Smith's year to lose. Yeah. Um, I think that with the tragedy of Macbeth, the tragedy of it is that the movie isn't getting more attention. So I think that Denzel and Andrew Garfield are both amazing performances in movies that aren't getting the most attention. Denzel, one of the most celebrated actors of our time, Andrew Garfield clearly having a moment where we're all in love with Andrew Garfield. So I think Will Smith is the front runner, but I think those two are kind of neck and neck right behind him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's Will Smith to lose as well. It's phenomenal performance. If you guys haven't seen King Richard, it's not only a great sports movie, it's just a powerfully uplifting film and it, it pulls no punches and there are some really hard moments some tough moments and you see this guy navigate. He's not an easy guy to like. He is not an easy guy to like. But he's an unusual guy. That's why, and he, that's why Johnny likes the movie so that's much. Right, that's right. <laughs> you know, no one became famous playing it safe. No one changed the world playing it safe. Let me just put that out there. So it's an incredible journey that he goes on. And everyone involved in it is really bringing their A game acting wise from the actresses who play Venus and Serena to Anjano Ellis, who plays Anjano Ellis, rather, who plays uh, his wife there uh in the movie just great great stuff and it's some of the best john berthold i've seen this side of the punisher uh and even Tony <laughs> goldwyn has a fantastic role when he's in this thing as well so just all around king richard i can't recommend it enough see it it's on hbo max go and enjoy yourselves watching that movie for sure all right before we move on let's hit some, let's hit some stream labs here travis earl says do you think the academy will pull a return of the king and wait until dune part two to give dune all the oscars if it delivers 
It's not a bad like you if you were to give Denny the director nomination next year yeah. and Dune was amazing, the second part of the movie is amazing and everybody goes crazy and it gets all the awards next year, I think we'll all be like, yeah, okay, cool. Like it I don't I think this it'll hit the history looking back will be like that was the way it was supposed to be. Right, right now it's still sort of annoying, but I think that's a good point. That yeah. that could happen yeah. depending on how the second half of the movie is received. I mean, yeah. a lot yeah. more is going to happen in the second half of the movie, true, arguably than the first half. So it's it's difficult to tell because again, not not knowing not knowing the story. Uh, you know, Fellowship of the Ring came out and just clicked. Yeah. With, audi- with audiences and with critics. I mean, it had, you know, it had, uh, Ian McKellen was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. Um, so it, it had such a tidal wave of support behind it by the time Return of the King came out. Mm-hmm. And because it was released three years in a row. So it never left, Lord of the Rings never right. left the conversation for three years. Yeah. So we'll see when Dune, the sequel comes out. And I, I don't feel like it resonated with audiences the way the Lord of the Rings did. No, um, it didn't for sure. Okay, but so it'll it'll be interesting to see how audiences react to it and whether or not that will dictate the uh, the critical reception to it. I thought it was a masterpiece, and I like it more than any of the Lord of the Rings movies. And I'd rewatch that film over any of the Lord of the Rings movies in a fucking heartbeat. Let me just put that on the table. <laughs> um, but, and I think it's, it, so. You're telling Licorice Pizza would have been nominated if we knew it was a second. There was a second half to it. Bullshit. Uh, uh, nominate the films that come out. When they come out, that kind of waiting around crap is, just drives me nuts. Uh, Soul asks a really nice question. Soul's one of the uh, head people on my Patreon. She says, do you think being on Apple hurt Tragedy of Macbeth? I, I say no, um, because Coda got nominated for Best Picture, and that was on Apple TV Plus and didn't have the push behind it and the name brand recognition that something like Francis McDormand and Denzel Washington and Joe Cohen has with something. I think this was about Shakespeare, and I think it was, he shot it as a German expressionist film from the 1920s, like The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and those kinds of films from back then. He went with that idea and that look in the noir feel, and that just isn't working for a lot of people nowadays. I think that, at the end of the day, was the reason. Plus, it's Shakespeare, and a lot of people, like, if people feel like Shakespeare is highfalutin, even though he wrote it for us low-rent motherfuckers in the world. So just a little knowledge for you. He wrote it for you low-rent motherfuckers in the world. He did not write it for John Gielgud and these highfalutin fools. He wrote it for those who got blood and guts and barbed wire and broken glass in their in their stomachs. That's who he wrote it for. Just giving you a heads up. Uh, what do you guess? Do you think Shakespeare, Alex- Shakespeare was the Tarantino of his day. Thank you. That is not wrong. It is, yeah. it is accurate. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I do think, I do think, in, and I don't know if it's just tragedy, but I do think a bigger thing that is happening yeah. is that with so many of these big movies, basically being on streaming, coming out in big cities like LA for like a couple weeks so they get that. I was in a theater for a little bit, but mainly it's on streaming. Um, Makes the movies in a way more accessible, but because we have so many options between Netflix and Prime and HBO Max and Hulu and everything else, like I do think that some of these smaller movies, more experimental movies are getting lost in a shuffle in a way that they don't even when even when the multiplex, you know, you go to see like there's 20 theaters and 15 of them or whatever the Marvel movie is, you still have those five theaters that are showing that other thing and they're all sort of out there for you to see. And, you know, I think last year this was true, 
this year it's still true. A lot of these movies are a little bit like you're doing like a treasure hunt on your Apple TV to like hunt them down and find where to watch them. And I do think that hurts a little bit. And when you add in black and white, German expressionism, Shakespeare, I think it's like there's several levels of you're like, well, I've got uh, my Monday night open. What am I going to watch? This licorice pizza movie or the black and white German expressionistic Shakespeare film. You're like, well, I'm going to watch licorice pizza. You're probably wrong according to these two, but that's what you're going to choose. (laughs) Alex Tornai says, uh, I'd take out Don't Look Up uh, from Best Picture. Decent movie, but not on the same level as the other Best Picture nominated films. And Kristen Stewart is my choice for Best Actress. Alex, you're not alone. Some people liked her. A lot of people. A lot of people. I mean, most people that I'm talking to are saying that they agree with John on the movie. Yeah. Like they're like, this movie is not it. This is not my jam. But that her performance in that movie is the only thing that makes it worth watching. Is that's that's the general consensus that I'm taking away from it. So it doesn't surprise me that she was nominated and that the movie was not. Ironically, exactly what they say about Isa Tammy Faye, not a great movie, but she stood out. And that's happened before for winners. I mean, Lincoln is not a good movie in my opinion, but uh, Danny Day-Lewis, an incredible performance as Lincoln, otherworldly performance as Lincoln, to be honest with you. Um, all right, let's see. We got another one. I am Too Fly Cam says, always good to see the Geek Buddies. Could not care less for the awards, but can't wait for the Boba Fett finale review. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you, I am Too we, we are waiting. Oh. Oh, that's the night. Do you, yeah. see, do you see that new poster they released this morning? Yes, I did. Did you see that thing? I know we're talking about the Oscars, but holy shit, that poster. God damn. Just got to get enough. that out there. Fair enough. He got it out of his system. Listen, uh, 24, <laughs> hours, 24 hours from now, we'll all know what happened, and we're going to yeah. have a lot of opinions. So. It's going to be crazy, that's for sure. FJ Lopez says, hey, guys, hope your day is going great. When you watch film, what exactly do you look for that make you say that makes you say, I like slash love this film, and do the characters have to be related to you in some way? So not related, obviously, uh, by blood or anything, but connecting with you. Yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, can you answer this? Real quick before we move on to the next uh, uh, category here. When you watch film, what exactly do you look for that makes you say, I like, love this film, and do the actors have to be related to you in some way? Or related Cute butts. Cute butts. Oh, boy. America's ass. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, you got a cut butt. (laughs) Best picture. Best picture. Look at those booties. Uh, (laughs) um, I I, I don't think – I don't – look, I think – I always love seeing myself represented on film. I think we all do. I think we all love seeing, particularly if you are not a white, straight, cisgender male, uh, as Shannon is. Shannon's had plenty of representation. Um, But, you know, everybody else, in in wherever you feel a little bit different, when you do see yourself represented, it's great. Is that the only indicator? Definitely not. I think what I love is seeing directors uh, who are not like me, not related to me at all, tell stories about characters that are not like me and not related to me at all and making me really empathize, sympathize, see the world in a different way. I think that's always a big plus, but I don't think it's a one size fits all thing. Like I can look at something like, like the power of the dog and go, this might not be something that's ever going to be on my top 10 movie list. Like it doesn't blow me out of the water. But it's interesting and it has really stuck with me. And I've talked to a lot of people who have seen it when you do make it to the end and you're like, let's let's talk about how this movie fucked with you. Um, but uh, but would I put that above Tick, Tick, Boom as an awesome musical uh, that was filmed in a way I didn't see or Spider-Man No Way Home, which like is kind of the movie of the year. No. So, you know, like 
it, it's all over the place, um, yeah. but definitely a um, a strong point of view. I guess if I was going to pick one thing, like whatever kind of t- story you're telling, a strong point of view is always better than a not strong point of view. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Shannon, thoughts on the uh, or how how would you answer this question? I mean, it's kind. I, I, I think it's just kind of ineffable. I mean, as as performers, as people who work in front of a camera, we tend to be very egocentric. Ineffable um, Shakespeare is that what you said? Ineffable. Okay. <laughs> if if a, if a story can can make me stop thinking about me for a second, mm. that's when that's when I'm invested. If if, if I in a, in a <laughs> I didn't say it was easy. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, Morning also, Geek Buddies, frisky all day and all night. Go ahead, yes, go ahead. Also, if a movie, oh. if, if I can separate myself being like, oh, I would have liked to have played that character. That's how I know that the movie is, that that I'm just on, on board for this yeah. journey. I mean, I do agree with Vogel. Like, that strong point of view is very important. I mean, when, when an actor, someone who, again, I'll use Will Smith as an example here. Um, when an actor can make me forget that he's Will Smith. Yeah, that he's not he's not Will Smith right now. He's he's uh, he's the character like that's that's always. And I think the more exposed you get as a celebrity, that becomes harder and harder. Like, I can't remember the last time Tom Hanks did that. And that's no that's no knock on his abilities. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just Tom Hanks is just so ingrained in my head as Tom Hanks. I think Captain Phillips is probably the last time Mm -hmm. Tom Hanks did that. But I do think I, I mean, I do think that there's two different types of celebrity slash movie star uh and and they're both equally talented and equally good and like there's the one that uh you are playing 90 percent of the time you're playing a version of yourself but you know how to connect with an audience and be char like george clooney tom hanks will smith for the well, most part i mean has definitely like mm-hmm. has, each one of them in their ways have stepped out of their box but sandra bullock is like this sandra bullock is an amazing actress can do a lot of things but these are people that when we go see them in the movies we love seeing them play the type of person yeah. that we have connected with on the screen and we love them like we <laughs> want that that we connect with them and they just know how to connect with us and then you have your robert de niro's and your meryl streeps where you're like i don't know what you're going to be but i know you're going to 1000 percent inhabit that yeah yeah daniel mm-hmm. day lewis is another example of that as well yeah. you have yeah. no idea where he's going to go and it's fascinating and yeah and i agree <laughs> you know for me it's it's about you know i'm very lucky that my my parents like kind of pushed me to watch other stuff right i mean there was when i was a young kid it was watching this stuff that was there mostly of course white lead but they were them taking me to go see uh, mexican movies in dc go see other things i had black friends so i was oh what is these what are these movies that you watch that haven't been hitting the mainstream so being introduced to all it's it's about developing your thing so when i was very fortunate in that way so for me it's about can you wow me and can I connect to the universality of what you're going through? No matter what your culture is, no matter what your heritage is or whatever, even if it's in subtitles. I mean, I've seen Swedish films, Polish films. Uh, I've seen Russian films, French films, you know, Chinese, Japanese, all of it. They, it's about connecting to the journey. And if it's out there, like Parasite, you got to shock the shit out of me or wow me. And, and then I become an observer, you know, because I like to watch people. Then it becomes that. So... I think that's all instinct. You have to have that instinctive thing inside of you to seek that kind of stuff out, I think. And that's what usually makes the difference uh, for sure. Uh, and just to make sure Mike explodes here, there you go. There's your book of Boba Fett. I mean, look uh, at it. Look at it. 
That is something that like a year and a half ago, we would have been like, this is a beautiful made up thing that would never actually, there's no way this could happen in real life. There's no way this will ever it's happen, but wouldn't this be nice? Yeah, this is a this is Patton Oswalt on Parks and Rec being like, all right, it's the filibuster. <laughs> Let me tell you the story of when Ahsoka Tano met Luke Skywalker. Like there's the huts, like you black Cursitan. Like it yeah. is insanity that this is a real thing that exists. You know what's crazy is there's so much going on here that you don't even notice that baby Yoda is down there at the bottom. Like there's so much that even Yoda at the end is just like part of the overall landscape and not even in the central middle part of the poster. So I also love, I also love, like I was going through the poster. I'm like, oh man, it's everyone from the show. And I was like, wait, who's that little guy at the bottom on the, oh, it's Danny Trejo. Yeah, it's Danny Trejo. Even though, it's, uh, hey guys, it's all, Danny hey guys, it's everyone you love in Star Wars plus Danny Trejo. Even Steven Root's getting in there at the back. So, yeah, Cop Banth is in there, Travis. Cop oh, Banth Cop Banth is in there. Cop yeah. Banth is in there. All right. <laughs> best actress, best actor. Let's move to best supporting actor here. Kieran Hines for Belfast. Troy Couture for Coda. Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog. J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos. And Cody Smith-McPhee for The Power of the Dog as well. A lot of people surprised with the Jesse Plemons nomination lot of my friend jeff snyder said he was basically like watching paint dry during that whole movie so it doesn't make sense to me why he's nominated but really great to see troy katsur getting nominated but no nomination for jamie dornan kieran hines getting nominated instead or jesse plemons over jamie dornan for what he did in belfast and jamie dornan is fantastic in belfast so i'm really surprised by this uh, overall shannon thoughts on this Biggest snub of the Oscars for me in this category. Okay. Ben Affleck in the tender oh, bar. Agreed. A thousand percent. How yeah. did he not get nominated? So I mean, good in that I, movie. Yeah. I mean, there I, and I think I said this both to uh Vogel and Roca separately over text, but watching that movie, I'm like, there was a light behind his eyes that we haven't seen in 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 a decade. Yeah. I feel like. And just just such an effortless performance from Ben Affleck. Um, I was kind of surprised, like, I, and I think he was. I think it was deserved, but I was surprised to see J.K. Simmons from being the Ricardos in there. Yeah. I feel like he, that that he had not really gotten a lot of attention for that role. But the scene between um, he and Nicole Kidman in yeah. in the bar where they kind of take a little break, fantastic scene. Like J.K. Simmons is one of those guys that um, I, I feel like we're, we're going to see him. Like he, he's he's going to be ninety five years old and getting nominated. Because he's just so easy to watch. Um, Power of the Dog, you know, I can't, again, I can't speak to it. I haven't seen, I, I didn't get, to, I think I saw Jesse Plemons. I don't think I got to Cody Smith McPhee. Um, but uh, Troy Katsour uh, 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 agreed. Uh, really, really great performance. Um, so, sad to see that Marley Matlin didn't get, didn't get her, her just desserts for best supporting actress. But I, I thought he was, I thought he was dynamite. And um, finding out afterwards, after watching Coda, that, um, he's the one, he was one of the technical consultants who came up with the Tuscan Raider language in the Mandalorian season two. It was like, made me, made me love him even more. Yeah. Yeah. Mike thoughts on this one. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, it's a little bit, uh, the, the, the double power of the dog mm -hmm. is interesting. Uh, Jesse Plemons, I would question whether he belongs in, and I love Jesse Plemons. Yeah. Um, I would question whether he belongs in this category for this role. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to go Cody Smith McPhee. I think it, it, especially if power of the dog sweeps, yeah. Cody, Cody Smith McPhee, Cody Smith McPhee will definitely win over Jesse Plemons. 
if he does. But you know, the the the, the not the supporting categories are always sort of total crapshoots. Mm-hmm. That this is where. I mean, this is where comedy performances made it into the Oscars before they made it anywhere else. Like, this is where you can have that thing that is just a complete outlier make it in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think out of these and what I've seen, um, I've not, like, uh, Coda and Belfast have not seen. So it's kind of hard to yeah. weigh in on one of those. But out of what I've seen and kind of how I think things will go, I would put my money on Cody Smith McPhee. Yeah, Cody Smith he's been winning all the awards in the, in the uh, smaller. Uh, awards ceremonies or awards categories here so he's been not he's been winning those so no surprise um for me i like it overall i mean jk simmons does a great job he does have that one one role or one uh, moment there um for me yeah jesse is the one that you want to move out jesse is i don't understand how that happened um uh, and unfortunately once again it's five white guys right am i wrong on this it's all five white guys so you know i know troy couture i put that in a separate category obviously because he's uh, deaf so it's great to see him getting nominated here but you've got uh four of the white and it's it's funny because i don't know if there's anyone else who was snubbed jared leto another white guy and i really like would have liked to have seen him getting in here just to piss a lot of people off who didn't like him in the film and then i would have liked to have seen bradley cooper as much as i hate licorice pizza and i do not like licorice pizza bradley cooper is a standout in that movie he and, and look alana haim does a really good job as well i'm not gonna bash alana haim but if you watch what sean penn did and you compare that to bradley cooper in that movie that tells you the difference in a picture and cooper is absolutely bringing some great fires as the manic insane real life john peters so i, I would have been okay with that nomination from that movie of anybody i would have been okay with it um, and I would have blown a gasket this morning if Alana Haim was nominated, but not Rachel Zegler. You would have seen me go insane. Um, so yeah, it's a good no- it's a good list of nominees for sure. Um, all right, let's see best supporting actress, uh, Mike. We have there, Jesse Buckley. There, there's only there's only one answer to this, by the way. Like, there's there's one answer to this category, and if that's not the answer, I'm get, I'm closing my computer. Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. I'm imagining that's the answer Michael's talking about. Judy Dench, the Dame Judy Dench for Belfast. Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, joining her husband, Jesse Plemons, in a nominee here. As a nominee, two couples were nominated this year with Jesse Plemons, Kirsten Dunst, and uh, Penelope Cruz and uh, Javier Bardem. And then Ingenue Ellis for King Richard, which a lot of people felt might not happen. So some surprises here. Jesse Buckley is a bit of a surprise uh, overall, Michael and uh, 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 people felt that Judy Dench was a little bit of a surprise as well. And Anjanou Ellis, kind of nice to see her sliding in here, a little bit of a surprise as well. The the uh, snubs people felt Ruth Nega, as I mentioned earlier, her not being nominated for this, and Kaitrena Bialf for I hope I'm saying that right for um, Belfast. So thoughts, Mikey, on this uh, on this group of nominees? Ariana DeBose. Yeah, Ariana DeBose. Okay. Like I cannot like. First of all, first of all, mm-hmm. to take on an iconic role like Anita, yeah. when the woman who won the Oscar for Anita is in the movie with you, yeah. and still be probably the most iconic part of the movie is amazing. Yes, Her singing's amazing, her dancing is amazing, her acting is off the charts in that movie. When you watch, there's a 10 minute behind the scenes thing uh, that was on YouTube about the making of the making of West Side Story and the casting of it. 
And Steven Spielberg, they're kind of going through the casting process. And he's talking about when Ariana DeBose came in and he said that when she came into the room to audition for, you know, like they saw so many, like they saw way more uh, Maria's, but Mm -hmm. they saw all of these Anita's. And Ariana DeBose came in and he was like, there was just this energy that she had in the room. And I knew that when you put her in front of the camera, the camera was going to multiply that tenfold that the energy she was giving off in the room was going to just go off the charts and that's what she has i mean if you not just here but if you've seen her in schmigadoon if you even saw her on prom on netflix like she just has this natural charisma yeah and every expression she makes like you you can read every moment that she's giving you like she is so fantastic uh she was she's the best part of this movie and As, as amazing as some of these other performances are, she, I would guess she's going to run away with this, with this, with this category. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shannon. Yeah. I don't think, have you seen Lost Daughter? Do you know if you've seen Lost Daughter? Have you seen I have not. I have not. So thoughts on these nominees overall, Jesse Buckley being a bit, I love Jesse Buckley, certainly fantastic actress in anything she's in, a very unusual actress. Um, uh, What did you think of these uh, list of nominees? Uh, Do you have a favorite and um, who was snobbed here? I mean, I, I'm with Vogel. It's it's the Boses to lose. Um, you know, she again just magnetic on screen. Um, and I did not put two and two together that she was uh, uh, Tate from from Schmigadoon. Um, oh, but right. yeah, yes. uh, uh, yeah. She she was fantastic. Uh, you know, and I don't want that to diminish uh, Anjanou Ellis's performance because she was so such a she was such a grounding force in that movie and watching uh her relationship with richard it was just uh, just really really lovely performance that scene um, in the kitchen that scene in the kitchen yeah. <laughs> but also knowing how much the academy loves judy dench yeah and no know, knowing how much john will lose lose his mind i'm kind of like oh my gosh is the, is there a world where <sighs> judy dench wins even though that is not where i would vote jesus christ i mean we saw really- hopkins beat Chadwick Boseman last year. Yep. There is a world, Mike. <laughs> Listen, if Judy Dench, if Judy Dench didn't win for cats, I don't think she's gonna win for this. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, Woo! by the way, you take some mushrooms, she's the best part of that movie. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, 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 we're saying you should. We're not saying you should. I'm not saying you should, <laughs> but if you did. <laughs> All in the game is absolutely correct. Jesse Buckley was very good in the la- latest season of Fargo. I would argue the only good thing in the latest season of Fargo, because that was... Yeah. A- oh, Chris Rock, I-, I was cheering for you, bud. I was cheering for you, bud. But it didn't really work out, and she was great. Jesse's so unsettling in that as that nurse. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, I like this list of nominees. I would say, you know, uh, Rebecca Hall, I don't think passing was as good as, say, what Olivia Wilde did with Booksmart. But I do think her showcasing this film or highlighting these two actresses, highlighting the story, and Ruth Nega is someone that people need. The the Academy needs to start paying more attention to Ruth Nega. She is delivering from Preacher to um, Loving to this movie. She is delivering some phenomenal performances as an actress. And hopefully there's that she's like chipping away. And there's that one role that's coming that it's going to just explode and she's going to get all kinds of love for it and get nominated for it uh, overall. We shall see for sure. All right, let's move on to best animated feature. I know we're over an hour, so let's let's get roll through these real quick. Best animated feature, Encanto, Flea, uh, Luca, The Mitchells versus The Machines, Raya, and The Last Dragon. Mikey, thoughts on this? 
so I have not seen Flea, but I'm a little bit conflicted with this category. Surprisingly, Ooh. like I, I, I mean, Luca is a beautiful movie. Luca yeah. annoys me because it went right up to the boundary of this is a gay, this is a gay coming of age story, and then they were like, but it's not really, and I'm like. Uh, Ryan the Last Dragon I very much enjoy I think it's a beautiful movie I don't think it's a best picture Uh, Encanto is one of my favorite Disney movies in recent memory it's amazing I've watched it 95 times I know all the songs like it is absolutely great and absolutely deserves to win best picture yeah but so does Mitchell's versus the machines yeah. Mitchell's versus the machine. I got. Yeah, I've resigned emotion, myself to this. It, yeah. it is. It is so beautiful, so funny. It's just that Lord and Miller magic. It is. We are going to give you a movie that is stupid funny and makes you laugh at the most ridiculous stuff, and also has fucking emotional uh, gut punches yeah. Yeah. coming out of left field, and you're not ready for it, and all of a sudden you're crying. Like it is so good. Uh, it is so great to have a big studio feature animated fee- uh, film have a lead who is queer. Like yeah. there's so much that is just beautiful about this movie and it's great. It's one of the best films of the year. So it's really tough because Mitchell's versus the machines represents a new kind of anime. Not, not like it was like groundbreaking, but visually the way they kind of incorporated puppetry and 2d animation and all this stuff like it's and it doesn't look like anything else it has a really clear visual style that is distinctive and it just you get to the ending of that movie and it just delivers like it sets up a bunch of pins and expectations and it knocks them down in the best way vocal performances are amazing but Encanto is fucking Encanto yeah like it has not even just with the songs although I, I believe as of today every song in the movie is somewhere on the billboard 100 like yeah. they are all in there now yeah. um so encanto is the type of disney movie that we should be rewarding it's amazing but mitchell's versus the machines is so good i actually don't know which one i want to win <laughs> yeah someone mentioned could there be a tie could there be a tie i i would Just be give it to them both i would be looking at this uh, uh list of uh, animated features that are no- that are nominated what stands out for you and who do you see winning here? I mean, Encanto wins. Like that's, I don't you even think, so? think that's oh. not even a doubt. I oh, think Encanto. I don't know. I think Encanto has it tied up. Um, okay. That being said, I am, one, I love Luca. I mean, I think yeah. Luca is Luca's such a great. sweet movie. I love the Massimo character. I love the villain, which is Visconti, I think is his name. I love the character work in that movie. Um, and the fact that it, it, Maya Rudolph, I believe, is is the Luca's mom, yeah. and and the fact that she's also in the Mitchells versus the Machines. Yeah, she's the mom which, of both. Yes, <laughs> the Mitchells versus the Machines is my favorite animated movie of the year, mm-hmm. um, and kind of by far. Like I, when that came out, I I couldn't stop talking about it. I couldn't stop trying to show it to people. Wow. Um, but I think Encanto is is a is a locomotive. Like you're you're not going to stop that movie. Wow. Does it feel like Across the Spider-Verse? Does it feel like, or Into the Spider-Verse? Does it feel like this is that kind of film where like it, it's been ground, the groundswell for it has been sort of like, people went to see it initially, certainly enjoyed it, but it went, it's just built and built and built into this uh, a steamroll engine and got that uh, win 
do you sense the same thing happening in the content with we don't talk about Bruno with people coming out more and more and discovering it here on Disney Plus? Yes. Do you think it's that- because of Disney Plus? Yeah. Okay. It, it's so here and here's and I'll say this as a unabashed Disney fan. Like, yeah. I am a I am an absolute Disney Disney stan. Like whatever you want to call me, I am. But what in, what into the Spider Verse had. Into, in, Into the Spider-Verse had the groundswell that like Encanto has. Yeah. But what Into the Spider-Verse also had is it was so different. And it came out of Sony Animation. And I think that in, in the people that are voting in this category, there's almost an expectation that Disney or Pixar is going to take it every year because yeah. Disney and Pixar are working at such a high level. Um, so that when something comes out that is really deserving that's not Disney or Pixar, mm-hmm. I think it does get a lot of attention. And I think Into the Spider-Verse being as good as it was... Um, having such a different visual style as it did, people were like, okay, good, let's give it the attention. And Encanto definitely has the locomotive. Like, it is popular and has no signs of slowing down. But Mitchell's versus the Machines, everybody wants to see more movies that have pushed character design, different looks, try different things, and it's checking all of those boxes. So I don't know. I, I don't know that Encanto has it locked we'll see but like I, I and i honestly it'll be like a we'll get that oscar ballot and i will be like ah, and that'll be i don't know how much i do want to say a couple things in my thoughts here i i because i'm going back a little bit ariana debose yes she's absolutely the the odds on she deserves it i hope she wins it absolutely uh and staying in the west side story camp mike faced i thought mike faced should have been nominated for ren uh, uh he was great for riff rather he was great as riff I went into that film going, what's this skinny little kid? Please get out. That's no, that's no Russ Tamblin. And then I walked in there and I was blown away, blown away by what I liked him way more than Ansel Elgort. I thought he brought more menace and ferocity and electricity to his performance. The same way Ariana DeBose did as well. She was so commanding and powerful. And that scene with her and Rita Moreno singing together or talking together in the scene afterwards, Woo, man, what a powerful and – and this could be the Joker type of thing where we have yet another uh, thing where a two separate people win Oscars for the same character, which is fantastic to see in something like this. Um, so I just wanted to give my two cents there. A- Animated-wise, of course I want Encanto to win. I think Lord Miller are going to get to do a number of animated films. I don't know how many. The as, a, in as, opposed to that, as opposed to that Lin-Manuel Miranda guy. I, I'm just saying, <laughs> as opposed to Encanto, I don't know how much that, because that isn't, Manuel Miranda is not the director of that film. No, right? he's so, not. That's what I'm saying. That, that team um, might not get a chance to do it. And people who've seen my Twitter, you know how emotional I got watching that movie. So obviously for me, as a son of South Americans, that is absolutely the choice I would take. Because I think, but I think Mitchell's is a fantastic film, and I hate that it's nominated in the same year because it's equally deserving. It really is. So I agree with Michael. I can't choose, and it's too t- well. I choose, but I don't know who's going to win. I really don't. This year reminds me of the year that Toy Story Three and How to Train Your Dragon came out. Oh, Ooh, good yeah. Points. Good points. Good points. I, and oh, by the way, yeah. I still don't know which one I think is more deserving out of those two. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, screenplay, here we go. <laughs> this original screenplay, Belfast, written by Brana. Don't Look Up uh, by Adam McKay uh, with David Sirota. King Richard by Zach Balin. Licorice Pizza for Paul Thomas Anderson. And The Worst Person in the World, uh, written by Eskil Vogt and Joachim Trier. Do I dare ask if either one of you have seen that Norwegian film, The Worst Person <laughs> in the World? 
dare I ask, uh, but uh, what do you guys think of this uh, 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 nominee set of nominees here? Let me put it back up on the screen. Uh, Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and Worst Person in the World. Um, yeah, Mike, you wanted to say something? Go ahead, please. I, I think, you know, when you, get to, when you get to this level of categories, I think it's sort of like this is where you start to see which way things are going to sway towards mm-hmm. the big mm-hmm. win. Like, I kind of feel like this will either be – and don't get mad at me because I'm not saying I'm rooting for it. I think yeah. it'll either be King Richard or Licorice Pizza. Okay. I think that what people who like Licorice Pizza like about it is that style, that kind of vibe. And so if you like it, that's what you're going to do. And if King Richard is the movie that's going to kind of take it, I think that's the one that's going to go. Maybe. That would be okay. my guesses. Okay. Shin? Um, honestly, I would go with uh, Don't Look Up. Okay. For this one, um, I think like uh, as much as I loved King Richard, I thought the the script behind Don't Look Up was probably more interesting. Like watching how they weave together this tale is essentially you know uh, uh, climate change about climate change denying and, and the right. way that the uh, the way that politicians are able to weaponize uh, the public opinion. Um, that's kind of where, that's where Don't Look Up takes it from me. I mean, I think King Richard is the superior film, mm-hmm. but in terms of screenplay, I think Don't Look Up, that's where I would vote. All right, fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably correct. I don't think I'm going to be happy with whoever wins, unless it's King Richard, to be honest with you. Um, oh, or Belfast. But I think Belfast is such a simple story, I'd be really surprised. There's no real, like, kind of, how can I say, there's no... Uh, king richard scene in the kitchen there's no jk simmons in the bar with um uh with nicole kibben scene in that film there's just some really um great coming of age powerful uh moments that you see in the movie but the conversations are the standard stuff where you see a family possibly breaking up those kind of conversations there's not that one conversation or one scene you're like my god the writing in this is stellar you know but I could see them falling for licorice pizza. Um, I could see them going for don't look up, certainly because it's quote unquote liberal Hollywood, I, which isn't as liberal as people think. I could totally see them going that direction uh, for people who are like are mad that, that movie is getting as much crap as it's getting uh, in a controversial way for what it's doing. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. Um, all right, let's see. Let's move on to best adapted screenplay here uh, as we're rounding out our nominees. Coda. For, uh, by uh, Sheehan Header, uh, Drive My Car here by Ryusuke Hamaguchi and Takamase Oe. Hope I'm saying that right. Dune, uh, screenplay by John Spates and Denis, Denis Villeneuve and Eric Roth, obviously based on the Frank Herbert novel, Lost Daughter here, written by Maggie Gyllenhaal. And you know, Maggie Gyllenhaal, not nominated for Best Director here as well, but at least getting nominated for her screenplay and Power of the Dog, written by Jane Campion. This is notable for the snub here for West Side Story. Tony Kushner adapting that film and it getting not getting nominated here so you look at the best adapted screenplay uh, lists here shannon what are your thoughts on this i mean i definitely would probably take <laughs> i i would i mean coda's coda would be my movie right um but i i do think uh, the absence of tony kushner is is very noticeable um the way that uh they were able to change some of the story um, without changing it uh, was really, really, uh, really, really great. I mean, again, I haven't seen Power of the Dog. Can't can't speak to it. Um, I guess this would have been for Best Original, but it was interesting that being the Ricardos 
got no yeah. and Sorkin got, also got no got notice no this year. Nom- yeah being the Ricardos yeah after, yeah, after somebody, somebody at Carbon Health, somebody at Carbon Health, go over to Aaron Sorkin's house and check on him because I think he's <laughs> not in a good place this morning. Yeah, after trial of the Chicago Seven, the Academy was like, "All right, we need a we, we need a break. We need a break from the ratatat dialogue." <laughs> um, C- Coda would be my pick, but yeah. my guess is that it will go to Power of the Dog. Okay, all right, uh, Mike. What do you got in this category? Let me bring it up again. What do you see? What do you think? Well, first I want to say that I think that Dune is going to get ignored. Um, And I think that it's a shame because taking one of the seminal pieces of sci-fi fiction and translating it to the big screen in a way that, to Shannon's point, maybe not as accessible as some other movies are, but like, that's the book. Like, that is... They adapted it, and they adapted it a lot better than other versions have adapted it. So I think that it's going to get ignored, but I think it's a shame, and I'm and I am glad it got nominated. Um, I again, this is one of those like let's see the way things are going to go, but I, I I would put my money on the power of the dog. Yeah, it seems to me like power of the dog. This is the place where it's going to get it uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm incredibly pissed that uh, West Side Story is a nominee, but because if you think you can take a classic and then use the original i think arthur lawrence is the original writer of the play that the musical was based on and mix these two together and create what you've create what you create here in that movie i think to me i'm a little upset that it wasn't nominated um yeah and look i would love coda to pull an upset here i would love coda to pull an upset here but i don't see it happen i think you think you're right power of the dog is worth i mean it's 14 nominations it's got to win something I think, I think the Tony Kushner of it all, if I were to play the uh, contrary voice or what sure. I think the people's thinking are, is like, look, West Side Story is West Side Story. The songs yeah. the songs are what make West Side Story great, and the songs were the songs, and right. we go to see these big songs, and yeah, Tony Kushner went in and he changed stuff around, but kind of to Shannon's point, the thing that you should give Tony Kushner credit for is that the thing that also dings him, which is they didn't drastically rewrite the story. They actually took the story and gave it context mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. gave it a specific time and place and reason for being yeah. and brought out a lot of the things that made West Side Story very relatable to us today. Yeah. But he didn't go and uh, drastically rethink West Side Story or do something that was bold, arguable with the character of anybody's, they did do something bold, but like not anything that like really blew everybody out of the water. And so I think almost the fact that that he and Spielberg did such a good job of making it feel like West Side Story, but feel new and different is actually the thing that prevented it from being in the category because it still felt like West Side Story. It did. It did even, but I will say the fact that they made it a more Latino, ba- a more Latino Absolutely. or Hispanic based had a different angle, changed some events around to make it fit that and tell that story a little bit clearer. Uh, I hear you, uh, but I do think they made the change, but I, I hear you that it didn't like resonate as powerfully as maybe it should have. Soul asks an interesting question. She says, why do women get writing nominations more than director nominations? That's an that's a great thing you're bringing up. It's because a lot of women don't get the opportunity to direct these kind of incredible films or get passed over by, these, by the Academy for these nominations. Jane Campion, as I said, First time ever a woman has been nominated twice. 
Spielberg's been nominated for six decades. I mean, that's the difference here when you're looking at it. And so maybe they default to the fact that women are writing these things. So they want to recognize more women in those categories, but it's a valid complaint. So it's about the opportunity, right? Getting the opportunity and yeah. hopefully that, and that seems to be changing and we shall see going down the road. Any, any thoughts on that? Was Catherine Bigelow not na- nominated twice? She was only nominated for, uh, yeah, no. What, what else would she have been nominated for? It was just what, zero, zero, zero dark 30 and the Jeremy Renner movie, uh, with Anthony Mackie. Didn't Catherine Bigelow direct that? Uh, Hurt Locker. That's what she was. Hurt Locker. Oh, my bad. Hold on. All right. I think Catherine Bigelow was was nominated twice. Oh, maybe. I I mean, and again, that's not that's not a fix for the for for the issue at hand. But right, right. Good point. Good point. Anyway, I think I, but I do think it is like to Johnny's point. Like there have been there's there there are just more women writers than there are women or traditionally there are like that directors club has been a boys club for so long that has yeah. definitely been changing over the past decade, few decades. Like we're, we're getting more and more women directors, but we need more. I mean, we, we need more, we need as much representation at those very high levels behind the camera as we do in executive boardrooms, as we do in front of the camera. And hmm. once there's more representation, I think we'll see more nominations. This is according to CNN. Campion, who was nominated for a film, Power of the Dog, is the first woman to ever be nominated twice in the category. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I thought she might not have been nominated for, I'm looking at Catherine Bigelow right now. She was definitely nominated for obviously for the Hurt Locker, but um, I don't know if I see, okay. So the Hurt Locker, but in uh, no, it was only nominated for best picture. She was not nominated for best director for zero dark 30, which is really surprising. So soul that goes right to your point. The fact that they would overlook her for director, but nominate her film, which happens to men too. But, it's even more egregious when you're seeing it happen to women who get way less opportunities to get nominated for best director. So fantastic point you bring up here. Before we move on, we have a couple of Streamlabs that have come through. Yelk, send them in. We're, we're probably going to wrap up here in the next few minutes. So if you have any questions you want to ask us, send them in Super Chats or Streamlab form now, which is pinned in the chat there on the screen and in the description here. Uh, it's F. Lopez. Okay, so no, sorry. I am 2 fly Cam says, LOL, love Michael. That poster is lit, sir. Will the the review be live or pre-recorded? I would say live. Yes, uh, gentlemen. That's what we think. John yeah. says that because he wants it to be live, but there's a lot of texting us being like, can you do it at this time? And me being like, oh, well, I was talking to this guy. We were going to go get coffee, but I guess so. Yeah, it'll probably be live. It'll probably be live. Yeah, I would say so. And we got to check with Laura uh, Kelly as well, the great Laura Kelly. Haskell420 says, hey, gang, in my opinion, Pig Deserved nominations for Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay. Uh, we didn't even mention Pig for Best Original, should have been nominated. And Best Actor for Cage. And for Godzilla vs. Kong, Best Special Effects or Visual Effects because they were stellar. So Geek Buddies Live, 4 a.m. ET, 1 a.m. ET uh, finale review? Just kidding. Reminder, <laughs> check Disney Plus before 3 a.m. Good point, good point, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to do a live review right after it airs. I think that would be... We'd be, we'd be dead. We'd be absolutely <laughs> um, So, all right, let's move on to these. We'll wrap this up because uh, when do we all got to get on with our days here? Best original song, uh, Be Alive, music and lyrics by Dixon and Beyonce. Beyonce getting nominated for this. A lot of people think she's going to win. Slow the fuck down. Dos, Urugu- Dos Uruguitas. I know a lot of people uh, aren't championing this one as loudly as Bruno, but this is a gorgeous, gorgeous song. In Encanto, Down to Joy, and Belfast, which is not bad. Van Morrison, you know, noted anti-vaxxer Van Morrison, 
This is actually a damn good song. And the whole film is full of some great classic Van Morrison songs. No Time to Die, which I really like from Billie Eilish, uh, from the James Bond film. And Somehow You Do from Four Good Days. I have no idea what the fuck this song is. But Diane Warren, talk about a legend in the Oscars. I mean, if it says Diane Warren, it's going to get nominated. Mike? I mean, look, this is, and a very, we, we were just talking about this beforehand, like, so when Disney was deciding what they were going to put up for nominations yeah. for Encanto, uh, they did not realize that basically We Don't Talk About Bruno was going to be what yeah, it right. became. So they didn't put it up to be nominated. So this is, they didn't, they weren't sure because Encanto doesn't have that traditional, like, here is the Disney banger. So right. they put this one up for the nomination. Uh, I'm rooting for it because I just think Encanto has the best music of the year. Yeah, but yes, yeah, yeah. it is a shame because I buy by anybody's stretch, the best song of the year in a movie is absolutely We Don't Talk About Bruno. Um, <laughs> so I will, I'll root for Encanto, but I do think it's a good category. I will say, and yeah. this kind of brings up another thing that maybe we could touch on before we wrap up, which sure, is sure, sure. I really hope the Oscars actually has performances this year i really oh, hope yeah. the oscars yeah. has some clip reels and shows us clips of the movies and does all things like last year's oscars was hashtag oscars so dry i mean it was such like a slog to get through um that i really really want i know that in the pre-show for the oscars they actually did have musical performances yeah but like i really hope with the oscars this year we get a little bit of a uh show in our showbiz yeah fair enough fair enough Jen. Yeah, it's it's Encanto, but it, it also should be. We don't talk about Bruno. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a lot no, of people think no, Beyonce no. is. But I'm seeing a lot of people online thinking Beyonce is going to take this thing, and so I might be surprised. The only reason she could is because, yeah. and, and even though I really I, I agree with you, it is a beautiful song. Yeah. Uh, it is not the Encanto song, and right. so like because that one's not nominated, maybe she will come in and get it. It'll be interesting to see. Okay. Um, Either way, Lin Manuel Miranda, Beyonce will get a great acceptance speech. That's true. But don't be surprised. I'm going to put this out there. Don't be fucking surprised if Billie Eilish wins. Don't be surprised. Bond is on a bit of a run here with Skyfall and then uh, the Sam Smith song uh, for Spectre, which is a damn good song, regardless of what our friend Paul thinks. I love that song. And so another bond f- song coming in here and i like this song the no time to die song i think billy it's one of my favorite billy eilish songs so i wouldn't be surprised if this one slides in and kind of takes it from everybody because those uruguitas is not the one everyone's talking about and that beyonce song it's not anywhere near the top uh, uh on the billboard chart so i just wouldn't be surprised if that's the song that slides in there and takes it from everybody else we shall see all right let's move on to our second to last category here cinematography dune Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, finally, Shannon, and West Side Story. So, Shannon, you look at the cinematography here. Is this Dune's? Is this where Dune is going to win? Uh, or do you see someone, one of the other films here, sliding in and taking that uh, victory? I don't think it is Dune's. I think wow. it will be. I think it will be The Power of the Dog, or I think it will be what? West Side Story. Really? I think it. I think it will be one of those two. Okay. Um, even though yeah. I personally would go with Macbeth. Oh, interesting! You would take Macbeth as the cinematography. The All visual right. palette of that movie—it's—it's it's unlike anything we've seen in a, in a long time. All right, uh, Mike. Thoughts on this? <laughs> I think the Academy. I think the Academy probably. Uh, I could be wrong, okay. but I think a lot of people don't think a movie that is 90% CG counts as cinematography. 
I think that they will go, you know, like, well, right. this is this looks really pretty, but you built it in a computer. Whereas Jane Campion, what she did, West Side, you know, like, and like at this point, every movie is using a level of computer uh, technology and visual effects for sure. But I think that that's another piece of it. I think that, and I don't agree. I'm not saying that I think that's true. And I think if it were my money, Dune would absolutely, it would, if it were my money, it would come down to Dune or West Side Story. But I kind of agree with Shannon that I think uh, the power of the dog getting so over, so nominated. Uh, this is probably one where if you're doing your Oscar bets, yeah, you wouldn't be, uh, you wouldn't, you, it would be a safe bet to assume that people are going to get on that power of the dog bandwagon and just every category that it's in, it's just going to be like, yep, it's Jane Campion's year. This is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think I would like to see Dune win. I mean, cause I mean, I think the drum beat's going to be loud for Dune, but I wonder if that's the one that finally gets the victory for it. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't, I don't know uh, overall how that's going to go uh, down for that. So let me, let me move on to the last, to the second last thing. I'm sorry. I meant that other one was less. This is best score. Uh, have you guys got a chance to watch these movies here? You, you do uh, do the score horror things. You guys know are known for knowing a lot about scores, even though I'm one and O against you guys uh, in Matt notes show, but here's the scores here. Don't look up from Nicholas Bratel. Hans Zimmer's Dune. Maybe this is where Dune finally gets it. Encanto for Jermaine Franco. Parallel Mothers, which I was really surprised to see for Alberto Iglesias and the power of the dog. Johnny Greenwood, who has worked with PTA himself in the past, but sliding in to work with Campion here in Power of the Dog. Thoughts on this one? I I think the, the point Vogel made about Power of the Dog, I think that applies to almost every category except anything with music. Anything okay. with music, I think is going to go Encanto. Okay. Yeah, what do you guys think? Encanto? Uh, Encanto, I mean, I would put my money on Encanto, but Hanzi's Dune score is a fucking, I mean, talk about. So good. It is, it is something. It is like, like, it is like, I don't even know if it's music. It's definitely, it's definitely score. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I think Hans Zimmer, my brother and I get in this conversation. We, we debate yeah. this all the time. Because I think, not surprisingly, that yeah. John Williams is the best movie composer that we've ever had. My brother thinks Hans Zimmer is the best movie composer Ooh. that we have ever had. And it is two very different types of score, particularly what our boy Hansi does now. Yeah. Like, the Dune score is... But it's very affecting, so uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. There's a there's a there's an argument to be made that uh, <laughs> that the Hanzi the Hanzi uh, stands might come out in force. But okay. I would I would vote for Encanto. I, I would I hate to vote against Encanto, but I would go for Dune. I mean that score is just God damn. <laughs> it's the film is nowhere near as effective or moving or powerful without that score. The score is so essential. It's the same way when I, f- I felt about the Invisible Man. Uh, Wolfish's score there is is such an essential part of that film being good. I think the same thing here with Dune. It is such a memorable score, and I think he's better than John Williams. I agree. Go ahead, go ahead, Michael. What were you Sure. I mean, John Williams is nice McDonald's. No, I'm just joking. Uh, but he's he's very populist. Whereas I think Zimmer is more 
adept at different genres. I the go Star with Star Wars theme, ones. the Harry Potter with... theme, the yeah. Jurassic Park theme, yeah. the Raiders theme, yeah. the Superman theme. True. And that's just off the top of my head. We're not even getting into like second tier Williams. Like the dude has made more iconic scores through and it, and you could almost say okay, well he had his time in the 80s, but like Harry yeah. Potter came along and he came up with music that is so iconically tied to Harry Potter that we can't not hear it. Like the dude, oh, Jaws. I didn't even put Jaws yeah, in there. Jaws, like Jaws. it's out of control. Like you can say what you want, but Williams has the ability to make a iconic theme yeah. that will forever be tied to that movie in our minds. Mm -hmm. And Hans Zimmer, I think that's the as, he, as, as he yeah. has evolved as a, as a uh, composer, and in a good way, like has has really gone to this like sort of sound, audio sort of like I am creating a mood and a piece. Yep. Um, I think the best. All I think you know what I do think. I think Shannon agrees with me. I think Ludwig Göransson uh, has a shot to take to take the best of what we love about Williams wow. and the best of what we love about Zimmer. And that dude, keep an eye on him because his scores are fantastic. I'll I'll see you. And raise you a Giacchino. I think Giacchino is on his way as well. I think that's the battle, Gorenson and Giacchino. I would. Say. I think Gorenson is more eclectic. I think Giacchino mm -hmm. is a couple of notes, couple of notes off of John Williams, and that's not that's yeah, not a knock. I think Giacchino is a A plus level composer. Yeah, but I don't know that he has landed that iconic theme in the way that Williams has done over and over and over and over and over again. Okay. I mean, even in Star Wars alone, there's 35 iconic themes that are all Williams. Yeah. <laughs> That's see. why we beat you on that score show. Well, I'm not, I haven't even, well, you didn't win. <laughs> I mean, I don't have time to go through Zimmer's incredible scores. There are so many here. There I'm, are so many. I mean, we're talking Lion we're King, talk Prince of Egypt, we are My literally God. talking about like the own. top two composers two that romance. exist. Yes. Yeah, I know. Gladiator for God. Gladiator is where he hits the next level. Like honestly, the Gladiator's great. For Gladiator and, and going into in, Invincible, Black Hawk Down, those are incredible scores. And Last Samurai, which is one of my favorite, bar none for sure. sure. Batman Begins. Come on. The Nolan yeah, the Nolan trilogy. The Nolan yeah. trilogy. Nobody said Zimmer wasn't good. I feel like that's what you're saying. Inception, no, <laughs> Mega Mind, Rango. Right, now you're just saying words. Oh, well. <laughs> Man of fucking Steel, which is one of the greatest ever. Um, uh, yeah, Hudson Hawk. <laughs> All right, well, I will put William's Superman theme above uh, Zimmer's Man of Steel. I'm just yeah. telling you. That's crazy. That's crazy. Zimmer's Man of Steel is better. But uh, both of them evoke a different feeling, but they're both incredible. Yeah, one is a good Superman movie and one is Man of Steel. Okay. All right, let's move on. Last one here. And then, of course, we're getting them from The Hollywood Reporter. Best visual effects, and this is our leading our way to ending our discussion here by talking about Spider-Man. But do nominate here for best visual effects. Free Guy. Nice to see Free Guy get a little nomination. No time today to die. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Spider-Man No Way Home. Here are the two that's missing. Godzilla versus Kong, which a lot of people are playfully and maybe some seriously saying it got snubbed, and also Eternals. So uh, thoughts on this category, ladies and gentlemen, 
Uh, Shane, I'll go to you first since Mike went for his last time. Uh, what do you give visual effects thoughts? I I actually would agree on the Godzilla versus Kong visual yeah? effects. It okay. was just they were in a movie that was so kind of yeah. um, that it's it's very easy to forget. And also that came out, that came out all the way back in March. And at that point, at this point, it's kind of it's so far in people's rearview mirrors. Um, Eternals, I, I wouldn't agree in terms of the special effects. I think you could make a case for Eternals and cinematography. I think so, too. Fair point. But in special effects, I wouldn't agree. I mean, this again, this is the category that is doomed to lose. Um, even though I personally would be voting for Spider-Man, uh, Dune is oh, probably right. going to win it. Okay. Uh, Michael, who you got in this? Well, here would be my question. What... And look, we... Spider-Man No Way Home is like my... one of my favorite movies of the year, but... Yeah. What special effects in Spider-Man No Way Home mm-hmm. make it a better superhero movie than all the other amazing superhero movies that we get? Ooh, interesting. Okay. Like, like you have the you have the whole mirror dimension sequence, which is yes. really cool. But like we've seen that before. Seeing all three Spider-Men in a movie is my favorite special effect. But that's casting. That's not you know like everything that we see in the movie. And like I'm not knocking the movie. It's amazing. Right. Um, but I think what Spider-Man No Way Home has going for it is that it brought all of these other amazing characters from previous iterations into one movie, which was yeah. the thrill. But when you really start breaking down all of the amazing action sequences that are legitimately amazing i'm not knocking the movie uh but it i don't know that there was anything that was like holy shit that was amazing whereas i do think dune like the scale and the scope of that movie almost like what i was saying about how it was maybe getting it would maybe get dinged in the cinematography is the reason that it should get visual effects okay all right all right fair point um, but now what about the other side that's not for me? I, I say Dune is the one that wins here, or don't be surprised if Shang-Chi wins it because a lot of people really did enjoy Shang-Chi, and maybe that'll be the one they nominate for. Um, Spider-Man could come in here and win this thing at the end as a way of a protest vote for it not being nominated for best picture. A lot of people upset about this. I see online on social media, although with the realistic belief that it, it was a long shot anyway because it's a superhero movie. Do you guys think this should have been nominated? I see people complaining, saying no, because you had to have watched all the other movies. Well, the same thing with fucking Lord of the Rings. You'd had to have watched the first two to get Return of the King. So why couldn't uh, Spider-Man? <laughs> what? Why couldn't Spider-Man go home? You're, yeah, but you're talking three movies that were, re- were released uh, in, in three sequential years uh-huh. versus Spider-Man, which goes back. Uh, 20 years, and that's oh, what is it like? But there seven, were movies released every year, right? For those 20 years, I would say so. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, I, I think where it deserved a nomination yeah. is this is the movie that got people back to theaters. That's where that's I think true. it deserves. That's where I would say it deserves a nomination okay. as a movie. I th- I thought I think it's fantastic. Do I think it's it holds up against some of the others that were nominated? No, the, right. they're. But Shannon, Shannon wants to add the on the the honorary Nicole Kidman put your butt in a seat AMC award <laughs> because here because here they are awards. <laughs> um, all right, uh, well, what do you think about that, Michael? Do you, were you surprised by it? Do you think it? Should I mean, have been I, I wasn't surprised it wasn't yeah. nominated, but I think this this does speak to the bigger. 
not even the issue with the Oscars. This is the bigger debate that we, and it's literally the bigger, every time you see a headline that says, so-and-so thinks superhero movies are ruining cinema, yeah. so-and-so would never direct a superhero movie, this is this is the push and pull of this. It's the, it's the commercial business side of the yeah. movie industry and the artsy-fartsy artistic side of the industry and where those things meet. And a movie that is making billions and billions of dollars at the box office yep. about a guy who has spider powers and two other dudes from separate universes who have spider powers and all of their villains coming together to fight um there is just it's not even an age thing there is a certain level of the industry that goes glad that glad you got people in the seats but that's not an artsy movie power of the dog that's an artsy movie right. and so I don't know what the answer is. Like by any stretch, when you look back on this year, Spider-Man No Way Home is the number one movie of the year, like financially, yeah. but also to Shannon's point, the movie that got all of us excited about movies, the movie that got yeah. people in theaters, the first time any of us couldn't get tickets in a long time because it was sold out for days. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I actually agree with Shannon that there's something to be said for the movies that actually wow us and excite us. But that's not what the Academy is necessarily uh, taking into account. And I don't know if that's the right thing or the wrong thing. I actually can't decide. Okay. Um, I think it would have been a nice, bold um, step forward for them to nominate this movie. Because the thing is, these movies have to resonate. And they have to be remembered. This, to me, isn't... I mean, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, those are two incredibly well-done artistically well done movies okay this isn't expendables three like blow-ups and having fun or whatever these films have something really powerful to say about the human experience there is tragedy there is loss there is risk there is sacrifice and there is a fighting of an entity that's going yes to destroy the world but if you strip it down to a micro a micro story it is about fighting against evil in the world and coming together as friends, ignoring differences, putting past, putting country lines aside to come together to fight against something that threatens their very existence. And a lot of these films can go this route. And look at Spider-Man No Way Home. It's about this guy confronting loss and tragedy, a very tra huge loss in his life and getting help from people who have walked other paths before and have experienced the loss before coming together to talk with him, to guide him, to guide him out of the anger into a better place. So all of that, yeah, suits and, you know, people well, look, yeah, you, in portals, oh. but it's about that power of connection. And I think that's another reason why this thing should have been nominated. I mean, look, yeah. Over if nightmare I was, alley, if I was going, yeah, if I was going to, if I was going to make an argument, if I was going to go toe to toe with like a cinephile on Spider-Man No Way Home, like, well, you I think what you do say is, I think, what, yeah. I think what you would say is A, uh, and, and agreeing with you, not not arguing yeah. with you, but agreeing with you, I would say that, um, first of all, the very fact that they took three different versions of a franchise and managed to intertwine them successfully and yeah. have each of those individual franchises feel like there was a payoff uh, is, is actually a, a storytelling feat that is way bigger than just here's the latest superhero movie. Right. Also, beyond that... If you're going to look at, as you were saying, Shakespeare as sort of the, uh, you know, crowd pleaser of his day, yeah, yeah. and you're going to look at the source material of comic books as the crowd pleasers of our day, the fact that they took the origin of Spider-Man, the Uncle Ben, the, yeah. 
uh, the great power comes great responsibility and completely flipped it around, handed it to Aunt May and made the last movie in this franchise almost the origin story of Spider-Man is also really impressive. If you were to all of a sudden have someone come along on Apple Plus with a black and white movie where Shylock, Macbeth, and Othello all met together and had some conversation about love and loss and what it means to do whatever and like mixed and matched Shakespeare, you can be fucking guaranteed that that movie would get a bunch of fucking nominations and everybody would be up their butt being like, look at the way they broke down Shakespeare and rebuilt Shakespeare in a really interesting way. Wasn't that fascinating the way they took the bard's words and twisted it around? But you do that with a comic book franchise and everyone's like, okay, it's another thing that's ruining Hollywood. And I would say that that is the reason that No Way Home deserves to get nominated. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Uh, It's a good TED Talk. Agreed. The Willyverse or the Shakespeareverse. I don't know. What would you call it? The Shakespeare. The Willyverse. The Willyverse. No. That's a different thing, and that's um, not appropriate. And for those who, <laughs> for those who I, are, I, I, I think you can find that on the internet someplace. Yeah, it's not in a good place. Not a good place. <laughs> and for those of you who are mad fans of Charles Dickens novels, there is a show called Dickensian that came out on BBC where all the characters from his novels interact in a town and their stories interact with overall stories as well that are happening really a brilliantly deftly made series that works so well with a lot of great British actors so if they could have done the Willyverse I think I'd be down to see the Willyverse anyone being able to connect would have been incredible and so on my side saying she likes the Willyverse that's why it's no it's no din one but I'll take it for now um all right come on here uh, thank you so much for joining us i mean two hours just flew by talking about uh, these oscars nominations we really appreciate it madly you all hanging out with us thanks for all the stream labs and super chats and please remember to hit a like on this video hit a like on this video we're at 150 likes let's get it 200 likes as we're wrapping up here shannon what do we have to tell them yeah if you'd like to follow us on social media on twitter it's at geek underscore buddies on instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies if you'd like to follow me on social media on twitter it's at shannon underscore mcclung on instagram at shannon the geek buddy if you would like to follow mr vogel it is at mk if you would like to follow mr roca it is at the roca says mikey uh, if you enjoyed talking Oscar nominations with us and you want to see more fun content like the Willyverse, here is how you can make that happen. Uh, definitely hit the like button below. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Check out all the amazing content. Um, you guys in the comments have been amazing, but leave some comments below as well. Who do you think is the one to win? What's going to sweep? What was snubbed? How do you feel about Dune? How do you feel about Spider-Man No Way Home? What do you think about geeky content versus cinematic uh, artsy-fartsy content? Like, Let us know all that in the comments. Um, if you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, thank you very much. Take a minute to leave us some stars, leave some comments, helps us go up in the rankings so people can find us on our entertainment podcasts. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends, and tell everybody that if they like geeky stuff, they should be hanging out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, what real quick comment here from Cesar Suspedes who says, Alan Moore's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen does the same with novel characters. Yes, they do, Cesar. Yep. Definitely pick up the first version that is that is that is one of shannon mcclung's favorite comics that made him still try and defend that shitty ass movie oh oh i don't i don't try to defend the movie yeah anymore anymore (laughs) yeah true fair point i think we did go to see that we talked ourselves into liking that movie that was having having a framed poster of it does not mean i'm defending it okay (laughs) 
Um, and a big shout out again to uh, Carbon Health, our sponsor for the Geek Buddies in the Outlaw Nation. Thank you to Carbon Health for coming along for this uh, for this ride with us. Remember, they are a national healthcare provider uh, where they provide healthcare in a number of states. They've got 90 clinics, I think in 14 states, virtual care in 24 states. They believe healthcare should be accessible to everyone and they build plans for you specifically. They work with you to develop yeah. a good plan for your healthcare. So please take a look uh, at them. Go to their website, carbonhealth.com and see if there's a place near you where you can get checked out, get tested for COVID, get tested for going overseas, all that stuff they're offering. They're a great place and we're I'm, very uh, grateful they support I'm, us. Yes. I'm currently putting together my John Roca Oscar night carbon health plan with carbon health. It is called have an ambulance on hand in case licorice pizza wins anything. So that oh. when John has a heart attack and dies. <laughs> he can go directly to the hospital. Thank you. Carbon health. So <laughs> you know, I didn't even think about it winning best picture. Doesn't even think, I don't think it's a possibility, but Oh my God. Now, now I live in dread for the next few weeks. All right, there we go. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. Don't forget our main geek buddy show is coming sometime tomorrow or Thursday. And then our, our live spoiler review, hopefully of the finale of the book of Boba Fett with Laura Kelly joining us later on this week as well. All right, y'all take care of yourselves. Be well. Thank you so much. Happy Oscars. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here from the geek buddies. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.